Perfect. Mic check. One, two, one, two. <laughs> one, two, one, two, one, two. Welcome to Pulp Fliction, the best of 2015 edition of our movie podcast. On this episode, we are going to count down each of our top 10 of 2015, along with give out some awards. We're going to give out some Pulp Fiction awards for various... Not actual awards. Oh, yeah, I we're mean, not figured, Figurative awards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could you imagine if we like sent, for instance, like the producers of Carol or something like yeah. a little a little Pulp Fiction trophy? Yeah. Oh, that would be actually a good idea. No, I kind of want to do it. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so we are giving out awards tonight here on Pulp Fiction. Now, this is going to be fun. 2015 was an interesting year in movies. I talked about um, this with Jacob and Rachel, by the way, I'm Brainer Abar, joined by Jacob Crisip and Rachel Jameson, as always. And uh, we were kind of talking off the air that, for me, I don't think that I've ever, one, agreed with the general consensus more than I did this year as far as, you know, critics lists and awards season and things like that. I also, I don't know how you guys are at all on this, but I did want to bring this up. I didn't have a single 10 this year, and this is the first time I can remember not having a 10. Now, I had a lot of 9s. I probably had more 9s this year than I typically do, so I think there were a lot of good movies this year, a lot of really good movies, but there wasn't any that stood out to me that I was like, mm, this is the best movie of the year. I think the last year I had where there weren't any 10s was the year like The Hurt Locker came out. Oh, that was a bad year, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I gave it a 9, and... Sometimes I even argue that. So, yeah. The, yeah. I usually have at least year. one or two. It's right. It's, it's rare I give out tens ever unless, to me, it's a classic or it blew me out of the water, say like a yeah. T.T. Anderson type movie. Right. Um, or I don't know. It's just pretty rare that I give those out. Usually it's just ones I know I will die hard revisit and I just loved immediately or had a, a crazy movie experience that, right. I mean, I just, you know, cried or whatever. Yeah. And none for you Emotional this year response. that were that way. Oh, I had, I had, I had uh, some tins this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, uh, your thoughts on, on the, on, on 2015, before we jump into our list, what were your feelings on 2015? Um, I'm ditto. I didn't have any tens either, but I just looked at 2014 and I also didn't have any tens really in 2014, but there were some ones that probably could have been a 10 like boyhood and, uh, boyhood was a 10 for me. Uh, the guest, it wasn't really a 10, but it was one of my favorites. Right. So, um, I, I think that's been a trend. I feel like 2013 was a really good year though, but just saying I, it's been a while since I've seen a movie that just kind of blew me away. Like, let's let's talk about this 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 rankings thing because I've given you all grief about it throughout right. the, this year since this is our official first year. Yeah, and uh, you know I always uh, say since we do all of our rankings on IMDb, right? It's a one through ten star rating. <laughs> I know, you know it's this not is one going. through five, and it's not <laughs> one through twenty. So you can't have an eight and a half. You can't have a six and a half, which right. you all. Always give me. <laughs> always. I do. I yeah. Know, it's, it's rare I hear an eight. I always get an eight and a half. <laughs> That's because whatever. they're slightly better than the other eights. How can that be? Uh, so, 
I'll just I'll just say quickly, whenever I rate mine, my tens are usually what I just said. My nines are something like a Holy Motors or like the Master, where I, it's, I just cannot ex- um, – like there's really nothing wrong with the movie right. except for – it's just something I maybe I can't, I can't pull for anyone in the movie like the master mm-hmm. or Holy Motors where it's like what the heck yeah. you know but you know it's just not almost complete but it, I mean it's almost complete but it's not right you know my eights are the ones are just uh, always if it's on TV I'll always watch I love right. there's something great about it I have right. an emotional response you know generally my eights are for a lot of those movies you know sevens are usually like the indies that I watch once that I really appreciate things like that but I'll probably never revisit so right. like say a separation great movie I'll probably never see it again oh you know? I gave separation like a nine I you know, gave separation it a nine separation was too. really good and I mean um, but like there are usually lots of indies that I have in, the, right. in that area so like I usually, that's usually how where I put my rankings you know fives and sixes are just okay mm-hmm. and anywhere from one to four usually just you know, yeah one to four to me is or just disappointed yeah. yep. or, or things like that so to me one to four is pretty awful that's yeah. below sure. average yeah um, sevens are movies that were like uh, yeah that's pretty good like nothing outstanding about it I'm probably gonna forget about it later but it wasn't a bad movie a lot of things end up as sevens I probably me. end up with more sevens than any other. I feel like seven is my average, but I also feel like I don't go see a lot of crappy movies see, on purpose. I think that's the reason. So, yeah, that's actually purpose. why I get made fun of why I have a lot of eights is because yeah. I don't see a lot of crappy movies. Right. So most of the ones I generally like. You seek out good I, movies. Yes. So you're yeah. going to end up having a lot of higher ranked movies. It makes right. sense. Right. And like, I mean, sometimes we'll tell you about a crappy movie that we enjoyed but you don't want to see it because we're like it's a crap. I mean, it's it's right. kind of a crappy movie. Right. But you know, so. But 2015 overall, I, I enjoyed 2015. Oh, I, I think thought there it was, was a lot great of, year. In I movies. thought there was a really, really good year, really solid year. So I'm excited about doing this list. Uh, and without further ado, let's jump in. Jacob, your number ten movie of 2015. My number ten movie, since I had it pulled up a minute ago, and now it's gone. Quentin Tarantino's. The Hateful Eight. Good choice. Um, I mean, we talked quite a bit about it a couple of weeks ago, and and that one specific scene that I laugh about, where it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson. That's 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 one of my, that's one of the best scenes in the, of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> and the and the freezing man in the snow with no blanket. He's anyway. talking about his balls, people. <laughs> I like how like he describes and, that scene with somehow not mentioning blowjob or balls Bruce or Stern's anything face. like that. It's Bruce Dern's face. I mean. But besides that, you know, it, you know, the hateful eight was a story about you know eight figures in a in a room. It's it's it plays like a play, um, you know. They're all trying. It's like kind of a murder mystery, and they're trying to you know figure out you know who done it. Um, I, I just really enjoyed the dialogue that was passed back and forth. I really enjoyed how Tarantino kind of took look, kind of was a western and just put them all in just one one area. Yeah. Um, as always, just well written movie, great score. Uh, lots of blood and violence, which we which we love, and I thought a lot about the movie over the weeks, and um, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to watching it for years to come. It, it was just a fun movie. Yeah, it sat really well with me too. I, I liked it a lot off after my initial viewing, and I think I like it more now than I did then. Like as time has gone by, it's it sat really well with me. And you're right, it was cool. It was you know classic Tarantino as far as dialogue and and violence and those things go. But he takes a western and makes it a whodunit, and it's staged like a play. Staged like a play. So it was cool. Yeah. Rachel, your number 10 favorite movie of 2015. 
This is a weird one, and a lot of people will probably disagree, but I feel like those are people who haven't seen it because The Visit was really, really good. Great choice. I feel like... I love The Visit. People don't give M. Night Shyamalama ding-dong movies a <laughs> chance because because they just think he's a hack now, but he's really not like... No, he's not a hack. I, I, I mean, some of his movies have been better than others. Some of them weren't great. Right. They land in I mean, the, the six or seven too. category. Right, yeah. Um. But the visit was really legitimately good and creepy and fun and funny. Yeah. Uh, and the twist was really good. Yes. The twist was fantastic. It's it's Tarantino's best twist. I th- Tarantino's? Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> That's <Shyamalan>. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> twist. It wasn't Shyamalan. <laughs> it was Tarantino. Um, no, I, I love the visit. And I've been trying to get as many people to see it as possible. The twist was, I think, uh, Shyamalan's best since uh, maybe signs. No, not signs. Um, <laughs> the water. Yeah. I'm trying to think of my fa- – I actually liked the twist in the village. A lot of people didn't. I thought it was a cool twist. I thought it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. It wasn't like you know jaw dropping, but it was a different kind of twist. Right. Um, this one I didn't see coming at all. But you nailed it when you said it was creepy and funny. It may have been the creepiest movie of the year, if not the mind number ten was the creepiest movie of the year. Uh, but also really, really funny. It was really funny, and the kids were. It, the story is basically. Uh, these kids have never met their grandparents before because their mom had some sort of falling out with her parents. So the kids haven't really been around the grandparents ever. And the grandparents contact them and want to hang out with the grandkids. And the mom decides like, okay, that's, that's fine. You should have a relationship with your grandparents, even though I don't have a relationship with them. So they go and spend like a week. Is it a week with their grandparents? And there's a lot of fishy business happening with, uh, with their grandparents. Could you clean the oven for me, Becca? Get all the way inside. Becca? She's done it before. But we really should film something outside. Do this first. I'll be quick. Oh, this will just take a second. Yeah. And I'm really glad. It was close to making my top ten, so I'm glad you included it because it didn't make my top ten, but I wanted to talk about it, so I'm glad you brought it up. I never saw it because M. Night Shyamalan is a Exactly. (laughs) But really, let me me take this opportunity. I probably won't ever watch it. M. Night, regardless of what you think, like from a technical standpoint, I love the way his movies are filmed. He has his own sense of atmosphere and tone for every movie. He really knows how to create tension and atmosphere and those type of things. And, I mean, he does write and direct all of his movies. I think what happened with him was he started trying too hard. Like after the initial success of Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and signs back to back to back. Right. I think everybody just went into a movie expecting some horrific twist. And so he started, I think, overthinking it. Right. And I feel like with the visit, he kind of finally scaled back. It was like, hey, I'm just going to make a good, enjoyable movie again without trying too hard. Like Lady in the Water was too weird. The yeah. happening was too weird. Yep. Like I feel Agreed. like he, he was trying too hard. But this one, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And the little boy in it is awesome. He's hilarious. He, oh, yeah. The little. He'd be one of my favorite characters of the year. I would actually agree 100% with that. He was really funny. 
Uh, my number ten movie of the year. Um, this is my probably biggest. Um, no, I mean it's the biggest. Ten's got to be the hardest because it's like the it's the one you just you, you left out. You left in. out ten other movies, so you got to put this one that just yes. kind of blows your socks off or something like that. Yes, exactly, and that. It's like you want to squeeze this in, and I really want to like squeeze that, yeah. this in. It was different. It's my most different and overlooked movie of the year. It's called Good Night, Mommy. It's a German horror film, uh, and I'm a sucker for horror movies. And uh, this movie, it's like a – it's part drama. It's kind of a mystery. It's a horror movie. I've seen this. Someplace. Is it on Netflix right now? I think it is. Just yeah. pulling it up. Too. And if it is, you really need to see it. Because I know you don't like horror movies. Yeah, it's got good scores but, by the critics. Yeah, like I, yeah, it really does. Like uh, Metascore's got an eighty-one. I think Rotten Tomatoes is like an eighty-five percent. Uh, it's really well done. So what is it? There's a lot of tension and dread. Uh, here's the basic synopsis: Twin boys move to a new home with their mother after she has face-changing cosmetic surgery, but under her bandages is someone the children don't recognize. Recognize. They start to wonder if it's actually their mom because she's acting so differently when she comes home from this cosmetic surgery and you as the viewer you don't know either like well is this their mother why is she acting this way and the the twin boys are horrified by her and like it's it's really a it's it's a slow burn but that's what makes it so good the payoff is really good and when things start going down you're like oh dang like it it gets so is it like a good thriller, uh, you know, horror as opposed to like gored out and things like that? Yes. Which I prefer those kinds <laughs> of horror movies, you know, where, where they're just more psychedelic and I would say ninety know, as 95% opposed to guts of it, flying across the air. And 95% of it that way. Now, there okay. there's a particular scene that if you're someone who doesn't like the horror elements of horror, you'll be like, Ew. Icky. Uh, I was even. Yeah, like, I do that every oh, once in a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a scene that'll make you. Eh. But for the most part, it's a suspenseful, psychological type. Those thriller. are the better ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, so any German horror movie, uh, I had to squeeze it in as my number ten. Good night, mommy. It is not on Netflix, but it is on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. So I mean, you can get to it. There you go. I highly recommend it. Really, really cool flick. And you won't forget it. It's one of the more memorable movies that I saw last year. Jacob, your number nine favorite movie of 2015. Uh, it is uh, Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies. I knew um, that would be on your list, but I know where it would be. Well, it's kind of been in and out, you know, but I've just thought about this one quite a bit. Let me give the synopsis for it real quick because it was kind of one of those that's before our time. And mm-hmm. my mom and dad really enjoyed it. Probably more so because of the history behind it. But right. anyway, it's during the Cold War, an American lawyer is recruited to defend an arrested Soviet spy in court <clears throat> and then help the CIA facilitate an exchange of the spy for the Soviet-captured American U-2 spy plane pilot Francis Gary Powers. It stars Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance, along with other actors such as Al, um, Alan Alda. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, the the really the the big characters from this are are Tom Hanks. Obviously, he's he's the insurance salesman that they hire to to do the swap, and then Mark Rylance, who's been nominated for a um, supporting actor, right? Yeah. Who's like the kind of quiet you never suspect as being a Russian spy, and I think that's why he's getting so much attention because he's this reserved man that you really kind of like, and mm-hmm. and that he and Tom Hanks kind of have this relationship that grows between the two of them. Um, it's beautifully shot, and I said that in our review of it. Like it reminded me so much of working in a black room or in a dark room, sorry. Yeah. Where when it, you can just see the grains coming off of the photograph, and you see it in the movie as well. Um, the uh, cinematographer is a Janusz uh, Janusz Kaminski. Um, you know, he's been nominated. He's won two Oscars uh, for also Lincoln uh, and. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, he didn't win for Winkin. He won for Saving Private Ryan oh. and Schindler's List. So the guy knows he's what Spielberg's he's doing. guy. He's, he's Spielberg's yeah, yeah, he's go-to done plenty dude. Of his his yeah. movies. It certainly is going to be known as as Spielberg's action-packed blockbuster movies. This is more of the adult type Spielberg that we've seen, uh, where Kinda it's more like his Munich. historical, like like Munich, right? Yeah, like Schindler's List, uh, where may not be the most exciting subject but it certainly was an interesting time in our, 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 you know in history yeah and i believe he captures it he captures the um you know the set designs really well uh, i thought it was a very complete movie i really have no qualms with it i mean it's it was a very solid spielberg movie and don't let it be forgotten for sure it's it's very good i will say i generally don't like movies like that when did you see it because you didn't see it when i when i when i, when I mm. When I saw it, <laughs> uh, that's all, folks. <laughs> I watched it this weekend. Okay. Um, it, I generally don't like this type of movie. It is less political than you would think. It's really just the telling of a story, um, and and while the the backdrop of the things going on are important to that story, it's more of a story about characters and human beings and doing the right thing um, more than it is. You know, U.S. versus Russia, sure. which I feel whatever. like if they would have so, maybe marketed it that way, maybe it would have had probably a little bit more successful run. It here. probably would have appealed to a broader audience. Yeah, had they but that wasn't what it was about, it. though, right? I mean, Depend- it wasn't Rocky versus uh, what's his name? No, it wasn't. Ivan it Drago. wasn't. Ivan Drago. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. I would watch that movie again. Spielberg <laughs> did, did and Hanks did Bridge it. Of Spies? That's my number one okay. movie. I haven't seen this. Okay, year. that's why I thought so. So, so go away, Brandon. No, but uh, <laughs> so what do you think of Mark Rylance? Uh, good. Maybe, maybe because it was just such a straight. I don't don't even know how to describe his character. It wasn't like like a super dynamic performance. It It was a very subdued performance. Very reserved. Um, and so I mean, I thought that he did well with it. I don't know that I think. I mean, I'm fine with him being nominated. I think it's overrated. I mean, that's fine. I don't know if I think it's overrated or not. I'd have to look at the other. Yeah. I, I'm fine with him being nominated, but I wouldn't pick him to win. Okay. I would pick Sly over him for sure. Me too. But Th- just those to say are the that, two I, biggest. Um, those are probably the two front runners. To me, Sly's performance was more outstanding than Mark Rylance was. Uh, but I will say, I don't generally like that kind of movie, and I still gave uh, Bridge of Spies an 8.5 yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's on my 8.5 cool. is a high so that score, rounds up to a nine it's so on my runners good. up list it would be in my top oh, cool. 15 so right. so there's that cool well you're the really one of the first persons i've talked to that's seen it well it's nominated you know? for best picture so i didn't feel like i could even make this list without at least seeing all of the best picture nominees not a lot of people have seen it and i understand from one point of view on the other hand i mean 
it's definitely it's, it's, it's definitely movie. worth the watch if you saw the preview and you're like that looks freaking boring it's worth the watch yeah. for sure so there's that my number nine favorite movie of the year stars Sarsi Ronan. Sarsi Ronan. <laughs> awesome. The, for the handful of people who remember our... Sarsha uh, Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> when we talked about Brooklyn earlier than year, in the year, we couldn't remember how to pronounce her name, so we had to get on Google to find out, and the robot told us it was pronounced Sarsi Ronan. Uh, but my number nine is Brooklyn. Good. Awesome. I'm glad you saw this. Yeah. You know what? I was really surprised it's by really this. Really good, isn't it? It was really, really good. Yeah. I liked it much, much more You're than I thought I would. also the first person I've talked to that's seen, that's seen it now. I've really, also I, seen it. You did? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. It, it was... Okay. So, you know, I always see every Best, best Picture nominee, obviously, and... Um, even though I haven't seen Bridges Spies yet, that's like the first time ever. Uh, I will see it before the Oscars. But that said, I wasn't super jazzed about seeing Brooklyn because it just sounded kind of, uh, sure. Chick moves to Brooklyn in the 50s, who cares? Falls in love, who cares? It's so much better than what the synopsis or even the previews would lead you to believe. Um, I really. It was fascinating to me because I remember when the movie started, I was like, man, I hope this chick gets more interesting because she was so plain yes. and vanilla and You boring. literally said that. I did. Li- I literally looked over <laughs> to Rachel. I was like, I hope she gets more interesting. She was really boring. <laughs> uh, but that's what the whole movie's about, basically, right. was her transition, how she was this meek, you know, kind of um, uh, humble, meek, shy, shy uh, reserved, reserved, conservative, all those. Yes, yeah. all those things in – in her home country, and then she moves to, to the USA. She moves to Brooklyn, and she gets a job. She leaves her family. Independence. She, yeah, she, she leaves her family, and she learns how to take care of herself in yes. a way, and not have to worry about taking care of her family as well. Yes, she gets a boyfriend, and it's like she blossoms. Yeah. She becomes a woman. She was like basically an innocent little girl over there, right? And she comes over here. She gets confident. She gets stronger in all these different ways. She gets eventually. noticed, really. Yes, she does. Yeah, in, in every area. So uh, I said eventually. Eventually. Sure. But what what was really interesting to me was when she goes back home mm-hmm. and – Did you know that was going to happen? Had you seen the trailer? I did know – I knew from the synopsis basically. I can't remember what – it wasn't the trailer because I purposely stayed away. I, I'm weird. I watched like the first no, no, 30 no, I, seconds I of trailers and then I saw – I want to get the general tone of it. Then I don't want to see anything because I don't want to be ruined. Uh, but I'm back, I I'm that, back on my quitting. I'm not watching trailers anymore kick. Oh, are you? So, yeah. yeah, I get it. Anyway. Um. But that her going back home and where it went from there is where it really, really kind of sank its teeth into me because I was, I was genuinely, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go, and that's rare because she was getting a lot of pressure on her, right? She was getting a lot yeah. of pressure. Anyone's listening, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet, so we're going to try and keep it short. But right? It's just, but yeah, she was getting pressure from all over the place, and I'll tell you, Cicerone, she carries this movie so well. She's she was, so she deserving did. of an Oscar, and the, you know it might go to um, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Room, Brie Larson. But I would have zero problem if if Cicerone. I would have zero qualms. She is so good in yeah. this movie. Another yeah. thing that's great about Brooklyn because it's it's my number twelve. It just didn't. It was oh, it was really? right there, yeah. but I just couldn't yeah. put it in. Is how they capture the time period. Yes, you know, and yes. that's another reason why I'm okay with this with 
it beating out Carol, I would say, I agree. for Best I liked Picture. It more, I liked it more because than Carol. Because yep. I liked it more Agreed. than Carol. And yeah. maybe that's a spoiler for my top ten. But if we look at Carol, we look at The Danish Girl, we look at uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, any other movies that were in that time period, yeah. I think this is the best one. I, it's think just I agree. Very, it's just very well done, very yeah. well captured all the way around, technically, acting-wise. Yeah. Uh, and that's just so hard to say against those other movies. But I thought Saoirse Ronan was excellent. In this she movie. was fantastic. And I loved her uh, American Boyfriend, too. Yeah, um, he was good. Not that he was a great actor. He was fine. But I really liked his character. And he reminded me he had some Marlon Brandoisms, like a young he Marlon did, Brando. Didn't he? he had a very yeah. big Marlon Brando vibe. Uh, but yeah, Brooklyn, really surprised that I liked it as much as I did. It was my number nine of the year. It's my number 13 of the year, by the way. Oh, oh so it was all in our top 13s yeah. then. It, it's certainly, uh, people are saying, I don't really know about Brooklyn getting uh, awarded or nominated. Because they thought I have no qualms with it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Jacob, your number eight favorite movie. Hey, do I get to talk about my number nine? Do we skip you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mentioned something about Bridge of Spies. Which was his number nine. <laughs> and Why then, did I skip you? I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to be such an ass about it. <laughs> just I was just going to wait until you got to my number eight and then talked about both of them at the same time. Um, my number nine is Creed. Oh, nice. nice. Awesome. Uh, it was just really, really good. It's To me, it's really hard to, I would think for anybody, to take such a well-known series of movies, wait, what is it like? Thirteen longer than that? How many years has it been? Well, it's weird because you know they had the the Rocky Balboa movie, which right. was I don't know two thousand six. Yeah, so th- okay, ignore that one. Well, no, the, but yeah, no, but you're and right. Then before though. that, it was Rocky Five, which had been you to know eighty five. No, I'm sorry, nineteen ninety. So yeah. it's hard to wait that long in between movies and then try to bring something back and actually do it successfully. Yeah. Like th- that hardly ever happens no, at all. It, it's a rare. I would and, say it's um, super rare. And and Creed fits right in with that series. Uh, it was fun. It was inspirational. The acting was really good in it. Sly, I'm so glad that Sly's got, getting nominated for it because I yeah. thought he was great because he had to play a different Rocky than he played before. This was, is the aging, uh, yeah. broke down Rocky and still managed to be Rocky, yeah. like fully yeah. Rocky. Uh, Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. I'm excited to see where they go from this. I, I'm hoping that they keep on a good crew with it Let's so hope Ryan it doesn't Coogler go does the next one he seems to, to write stories and direct them real well right yeah so hopefully it won't go downhill from here uh but i thought creed was great this is taken from the 10th round of the first fight right good call how'd you know that i heard about a third fight between you and apollo behind closed doors that true how'd you hear about that who won it's kind of a secret. What'd you say your name was? Don. Okay. Well, and the girl said you wanted to talk about something? Yeah, I want to talk to you about training me. Training? <laughs> I don't do that stuff no more. Sorry about that. Listen, it's getting kind of late, kid, so I'm going to uh, close up. How good was he? Apollo? Yeah, he's great. He's a perfect fighter. Ain't nobody ever better. So how'd you beat him? Time beat him. Time, you know. Takes everybody out. It's undefeated. Anyway, I got a lot. So when up. Mickey died, he came and talked to you, right? Talked you out of quitting. Took you to L.A. Trained you. Brought you back. How do you know all this? 
What do you think? Were you like a cousin? He's my father. I'm glad you had it. It was at one point in my top ten. It bounced out of my top ten. Um, I mean, like technically, this is not one of the best movies of the year, but it's but one of my. I think it's well pretty darn movie. good. It's, it's I mean, really it was well done but movie. Like, I, there's no qualms about. I mean, it's got great critical reviews. Audiences loved it, and and you're right, Sly. Sly gives one of the best performances of the year. Period. Whether you're talking yep. actor, actress, supporting, uh, or lead, uh, one of the best performances of the year. He uh, was awesome. He it. really, really was. It's was a nice surprise, and um, uh, reminded me a lot of Nick Nolte. Yeah, for from sure. Warrior. Yep. It, I think it was oh, the best right. Rocky movie since the original Rocky. <laughs> no, just Nick Nolte. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, from Warrior. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great choice. I'm glad that you chose Creed, and Misty will be happy to hear that. It's good. Uh, Jacob, your number eight favorite movie of the year. Uh, my number eight is, I just saw this yesterday, it is Room. That's a great choice. Uh, I was so excited to see this, and you know, I'd heard so much about it. I heard so much about Brie Larson, who I've really come to enjoy um, in watching her career the last couple of years, especially yeah. with Short Term 12. Yeah. Um, but really, that little boy, he's has, he's equally as good as she yes. is. And it's Jacob uh, Tremblay is his name. Yeah. Um, so uh, I look, actually think he was robbed of a nomination. Uh, it, it certainly you know, he it was certainly all over debated. the SAG Awards. He was, and he was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly could be to be debated. But uh, rumors basically after a five year old Jack and his mother escape from enclosed surroundings that Jack has known his entire life, the boy make a thrilling discovery. And that's a pretty vague description. I mean, I think but you don't want to give vague. away anything. Sure. Yeah. Like, did you know oh, what I, the situation yeah. was going into it? Yeah. Okay. And I never read a synopsis. I just kind of, I, I must've seen a trailer and kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um, I went so much into it blind. You, I went into really? it blind too. And it's so much better. Well, I won't spoil too know. much more about it then, but, um, uh, I really, you know, for the situation that it was, I really found the imagination of the child to be something that really stood out from the movie. Yeah, especially with what the living situation that he was that he was in, and how you can just see the imagine well the imagination or what you can do at you know in an enclosed area and where your mind can take you. Like as adults, we forget that we used to probably think this way. Right. Um, and a second part of that is so when hold please. All right, well, we're back. <laughs> um, I, we decided that I'm not going to talk any further about kind of what happens uh, in Room, but just seeing the, the you know the world through a, child, a five-year-old's eyes for many parts of the movie, uh, I it really kind of you know hit the note. There were a lot of emotional moments for me, especially with uh, Brie Larson's reactions to a lot of you know a lot of her. Yeah. Um, it's hard to talk about this movie without... It really is without kind of completely yeah. spoiling it. Uh, but really well done. Really well acted all the way around. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed it for the subject matter. It's it's an interesting movie because of the subject matter. It's this odd mix of... <sighs> this is hard to talk about. It's, it's we'll just odd... move on from there. Just see... Maybe you should yeah. just go see Room... <laughs> And decide for it's yourself. It's weirdly inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's because of the, the boy. I don't know. Actually, but how yeah. can you say that? How can you not say that about Brie, Brie Larson? Yeah. Now? Yeah. 
Go, go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's a really movie. good. Yeah. Rachel, your number eight favorite movie of the year. My number eight is appropriately The Hateful Eight. That's why you didn't say anything when <clears throat> Jacob was that talking is about That is why there was that awkward silence uh, when everybody yeah, we, like, looked, looked at, at me. You and we just like, thought maybe it's just Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'll jump in here too because my number eight was The Hateful Eight. Hey. Did you purposely make it eight because it's The Hateful Eight? No, that is actually where it just landed. That was me. T- I couldn't decide between uh, my eight and nine, so I made it eight to be clever. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, we did a whole review on the hateful eight, so I won't rehash a whole lot, but not my favorite Tarantino movie of all time, but definitely a really fun watch. And I loved that he did the whole, um, what millimeter was it? 70 millimeters. 70 70 millimeter. I was going to say 72. I knew that wasn't right. (laughs) Um, I just love that about Tarantino. Like his, his love for movies makes me love his movies even more. For sure. Um, and of course, the acting was great. It looked great. It was a lot of fun. I don't know who did it. I mean, like I, I couldn't figure it out as I was watching. Oh, so. right. Yeah. Like you watch the movie, and you I still don't know. know who did it, guys. <laughs> still a mystery. But you took it as you don't know who did the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took it as she watched. The I think movie, it so was who the killer was. I think it was M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I think they switched. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. What is he? In cahoots with this one. That's what he is. One of them, maybe even two of them, is here to see Domergu goes free. Are you sure you ain't just being paranoid? Our best bet is this duplicitous fella and his cool customers, Daisy here. He won't have the leather patience it takes to just sit here. He can't handle it. He'll stop waiting. Try and create his opportunity, and that's when Mr. Jumpy reveals himself. And what you got to say about all this? What I got to say about John Reese Ravens? He's absolutely right. Me and one of them fellows is in cahoots. We're just waiting for everybody to go to sleep. That's what we're going to kill y'all. My thing with the Hateful Eight is I'm like you. For me, it was like middle of the pack Tarantino, and yet it's my number eight movie of the year, which I just guess goes to show how much we like Tarantino. Well, he's but, our favorite director. So Yeah. So, I mean. Your favorite directors. Yeah. But that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Spielberg. Uh, like you said, we've, we've already talked about this. Uh, the only other thing I'll I'll probably add is I was surprised in a movie with with Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Madsen, uh, whom I love a lot. My favorite character ended up being Walter, uh, Walter Goggins. Yeah, uh, ended up being mm-hmm. my my favorite character, and I think the guy that actually stole the show, um, which I'm so happy about. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he was awesome in it. Uh, so hateful eight, my number eight as well. Jacob, your number seven favorite movie of 2015. I'm pretty pumped to talk about this movie. Neither one of you have seen it. It's it is Victoria. Um, <sighs> it is so so. Well done. Okay, what Victoria is, it's a foreign film. It's a German film. It's a young Spanish woman who has newly moved to Berlin, finds her flirtation with a local guy turned potentially deadly as their night out with his friends reveals a dangerous secret. So really the big deal about Victoria that you need to know is that it was done all in one take. Which is amazing. Uh, And it's not like Birdman where they kind of did some tricky edits in there. It's seriously, they, they, they did three takes of this movie 
and then they took one of the three. That's and insane. It's, and it's that a two-hour. I mean, it's a two-hour and eighteen-minute movie. See, that's what makes it really crazy. Is how long it is. Plus, isn't there a lot of multiple locations? There Whereas, are like fourteen to twenty locations, something that like that. That is insane. See, because most of these, like, if you have a gimmick like that, it's like, like I remember that movie Silent House a couple years ago did it, mm-hmm. but it all took place in one house. It was a horror right. movie, yeah. so that's a lot easier to pull off. But to do a a one-take movie yeah. with fourteen locations, that is. Unheard of. This movie is like an emotional roller coaster. I mean, it's a love movie. It's a drama. It 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 turns into a crime thriller. That's awesome. Um, You know, really kind of starts out with her dancing in a basement. She meets she meets some guys, and really she's kind of desperate to make friends, and so she kind of tags along with them for the for the remainder of the really morning. Because yeah, again, every shot, which I guess was three days in a row, or or whenever the weather was appropriate, they started at like 4, 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and they quit filming around 6, 6.30, something like that, so that they could start in the evening and then like the sun come up, and of course, whatever transpires, right. transpires. It's incredible. But I've got to make a shout-out to the, uh, the the lead actress. Her name's Alea Costa. Uh, what she does, and she's a newbie. She, she hasn't been in anything. Right. And what she's able to accomplish from like this real simple, sweet girl, like she's, she's a doll in it, mm-hmm. to what kind of transpires... Her acting ability is, it's really, really good. And it's, um, it takes you, it just, it just shows, I guess shows a pretty good range for someone who hasn't done a whole lot, especially given the circumstances of this whole one shot scenario. And when they wrote the screenplay, it's only 12 pages long. So there's a lot of improv throughout Mm -hmm. it. So, you know, maybe we could write a 12 page, you know, screenplay and then go out and kind of, we have an idea of it and we just kind of hang out and BS the entire time. And, and maybe you'll ultimately use that in a movie, which is what was done here. That's awesome. I mean, where, where it takes you in and out, it's insane. Look, there are times that it's really slow. Um, and I'm not going to deny that, but boy, when it when the crime thriller part takes off, there are some very intense scenes. And I actually read that they actually messed up one point in the movie, but they kind of the the cine- the the cameraman kind of does a tricky way out of it. And so um, it's so well done, so cool, good soundtrack, very solid flick. And look, I I know a lot of people don't like uh, subtitles. Uh, they do speak English throughout a lot of it, but you still kind of have to watch on subtitles because when the German guys do speak in English, it's still a little hard to understand. But yeah. if you don't mind that, do check it out. Great flick. I'm so jealous that you saw this. I saw this. I just kept I re- hearing buzz about it. That's how I was. I kept hearing buzz about it. And, and like a couple of months ago, I saw it on like a couple of lists, like year-end lists, like overlooked movies, underrated movies, movies you need to see you haven't seen. And this kept coming up, and I read, you know, the the kind of the gimmick of it. I was like, "Ooh, that sounds like something." And I haven't been on watch it, so I'm really jealous that you you saw it. I I got it on iTunes. You know, that's where it's available on demand. Nice. Um, so. I'll probably see it by the end of next week. Now that you're talking about it so much. Good. Uh, Rachel, your number seven. Seven favorite yes. movie of 2015. Uh, it is one that neither one of you have seen as well. Ninety Nine Homes. Ah, uh, that's another one I need to see. I'm prob- I might be overhyping this movie. I don't know. I really loved it a lot, and it kind of covers. We I've talked about this before too, but it kind of covers the another side of the same thing the Big Short did with the housing market, and this is yeah. kind of a more um, the people, the realtors who were selling the houses kind of covers that as well as the families that were losing their houses. Um, and so it's a good look at that. Michael Shannon was fantastic. He was nominated for a SAG award for this performance. And I think that's the only nomination that he got this year for the performance. Was it? 
As far as I know. I mean, he might have had some little ones, but he right. wasn't nominated for a Golden Globe or an Oscar for it. Right, yeah. Yes, he was um, nominated for a Golden Globe. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, good. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, good for good. you, Michael Shannon. For a comedy or a musical? Which no, is... I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, no. No. Um, anyways, he definitely deserved to be nominated for this performance. And I also loved Andrew Garfield, but that may be because I have an affinity for Andrew Garfield anyway. But um, I think it's a really good movie, and I think it's a movie that people should see and it just went totally under everybody's radar um even when i saw it in the theater i think there was like three other people in there maybe so yeah it, i really really i've wanted to see this i'm a big big michael shannon fan i really like him and you know being a spidey fan i like andrew garfield but uh i've heard a lot about this um i've been a big fan of michael shannon ever since take shelter he's kind of become he's such anything, a Good. Anything he's in, I want to see. He's such a good he was bad guy. Road for me. Oh, he was on a Revolutionary yeah, Road. Yeah. He also uh, was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award, Austin Film Critics Award. I mean, several nominations good. here, but yeah. I mean, a lot more of the more underground ones. Right. But several supporting actor awards for he, this movie. He earned it, in my opinion. So I think everybody should go see Ninety Nine Homes. I will or, probably also see that. But I've, been, I've actually searched it out but it's not I was gonna anywhere say, I don't yet. think it's available it's anywhere. not on any streaming it's, anything yet. it's in a weird limbo stage I, I'm actually really nervous because I'm, I'm worried that you were overhyping it but I have it's starting to come up more and more I heard Laura Dern's really good in it yeah for me it's Andrew Garf- Garfield that I'm nervous about I know about. you have but Michael Shannon I really enjoy so he's he's not playing a superhero it's okay I'm, he's an average wh- Joe what was the uh, the bike <laughs> movie with uh, with Michael Shannon and um bike movie and Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh that came God. out. That's that what I'm worried it was, it's going to be. I hated that movie. No, that movie was Where so freaking. he's the bad guy chasing him down. No. I hated That's that what movie. I'm nervous. I hated is. that movie. Okay. So boring. I can't I forgot Irritating the name of that movie. Irritating, too. I hated it Me, so too. Much. I was so excited about it because I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm pissed off you brought that movie up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. The name of it, I'm so done with this podcast. Michael Shannon don't deserve this. Uh, as soon as you can find 99 Homes, I suggest you watch it. I may February be overhyping it, it but I think you'll enjoy it. You may not enjoy it as much as I did, but I definitely think it's worth a watch. My number seven. What was it? Premium Rush. Pre- oh, Premium yeah. Sub. I, I did not like that movie either. No, it was yeah. terrible. Your number seven, Brandon. My number seven is straight out of Compton. Yep. I figured it'd be up up there. Uh, I love this movie. This is probably... Everybody else this year talked about Star Wars, the Avengers sequel, Jurassic World, The Revenant. I was like, my most anticipated 2015 was straight out of Compton. That's true. You would not shut up about straight out of Compton. I wanted to see this movie so bad. Here's the deal. I mean, when I was a kid, I knew all about the whole NWA story, backstory, the drama, how they were pioneers for the gangster rap game, and then how they dissolved and how they had beef with each other, all those things. And so I was fascinated to see how you know it would appear on the big screen. And so I was really hyped for this movie. Uh, and usually when you get that hype for a movie, you're let down, especially when it's it's about you know rap artists i mean usually this it doesn't usually translate well but this was a really well done movie and um you know did they hollywoodize it i I think that it was the story and i think it was realistic the only 
the only thing that was probably sugar-coated was Dr. Dre um, kind of came out looking like an angel, which he wasn't really Instead an of angel. a huge womanizer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would probably be the only thing. But really, other than that, <laughs> I mean, poor Eazy-E, they're like, we'll show all the crap about Eazy-E. He's dead. He can't argue with us. Um, it's true, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, you know, I think the performances were really solid, um, you know. It's, it's a fascinating story, and they did it. They did it justice. I really, really enjoyed the movie. Y'all just got a snapshot of how Americans really feel. We gave the people a voice. We gave the people truth. Yeah, but your songs—they glamorize the lifestyle of gangs, guns, drugs. Our art is a reflection of our reality. What you see when you go outside your door? I know what I see, and it ain't glamorous. You get AKs from Russia and cocaine from Colombia. I mean, none of us got a passport, so yeah. might want to check the source. Yeah, next question. Will you be more careful about what you say, how you say it? No. Probably not. No. Why? Freedom of speech includes rap music, right? But we exercise in our First Amendment, as far as I'm concerned. And the government wrote that. It was a trip down Nostalgia Lane. And, it was. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I saw it twice in the theaters. Oh, did you? Yeah. I didn't know you saw it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, really liked it. It's my number 11. And when you figure out what my number 12 is, that's going to seem absurd. But I, it's my favorite movies list, and I really enjoyed Straight Outta Compton. Oh, it, gosh. It's a I mean, really fun watch. I mean, it was one of the highest grossing films this year. Yeah. And, and, right? and, and the critics loved it, too. I mean, No, it was, I'm just it was, saying once you find out what my number 12 is, you're going to be like, okay, slow down there. <laughs> But I really like Straight Outta Compton. I mean, it grossed 194 million worldwide. Wow, that's big time for a 28 million dollar budget. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah, that's That's awesome. And it's officially saved Brandon from Oscars So White. After you were like, "Oh, I agree with all of the things that the Oscars are saying this year," but Straight Outta Compton made your list, so you're safe. I mean, like, I I really like the actor that played Easy E, and I thought Ice Cube's son was really good in it as well. He was, but I don't think deserved the Oscar because it was like. Three or four actors in there, no one stood out more than the other. I mean, I I, Easy did his that count. I, don't have I agree. I, I think I think the guy that played Easy was not was enough the, to be a top five. Right. I mean, I agree with that exactly. But the screenwriting was good. Yeah, the screenwriting was and really the directing really was good too, and it got nominated for a couple of things. Sure. I mean, including the screenplay, I believe. Um, the ensemble. Jason was, Mitchell played yeah. Easy. Jason Mitchell. He he was really really good. The ensemble was nominated for SAG. See, there you go. Pulp Fiction is officially not racist. Jacob, your number <laughs> Thanks, six favorite film of 2015. This was my number one for pretty much most of the year. And up it until to November, six. December. Okay, before all the Oscar before movies came out. Before a lot of movies rolled out. So it's Ex Machina. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which, yes. you know, I, I love this movie when it first came out. What was so oh, cool yeah. about Ex Machina was that it's more of a thriller than is a sci-fi Um, But it's basically AI uh, intelligence. So it's a young programmer who's selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment in synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking humanoid AI. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That's a a mouthful. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I mean, what was so fun about AI, and we never got a chance to review this movie. I I really, really was hoping we could when we first started going. But... um, uh, Alicia, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, uh, she gave out of the three. I mean, it was her, Dom, Dom Gleason, and Oscar Isaac. Uh-huh. I think she was the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the help me with this rage with the ballet type, um, I guess schooling that she has. Yeah, she was a train, a train ballet artist, bar, ballet ballast. artist, dancer. 
She's a trained ballet dancer. I can't remember. Ballerina? Anyway, that's how the reason yes. why she was cast. There Ballerina. You there you go. I'm terrible with this stuff sometimes. <laughs> anyway, that's why she was cast because she was able to kind of, you know, gracefully walk around the room and kind she of give us like this. She can control every joint right. in her body very... I mean, she, very consciously, she yeah. can control it. So. Yeah, and I mean, and it showed when when she was sitting down, when mm-hmm. she when she ran, when she yeah. I mean, anything. So physically uh, and vocally, I mean, she vocally too. She had to express herself in a way that could be endearing and sympathetic at the same time, very robotic and mm-hmm. unemotional. While maybe is she emotional? And she was perfect. It's a really complicated role. Yes. What will happen to me if I fail your test? Eva. Will it be bad? I don't know. Do you think I might be switched off because I don't function as well as I'm supposed to? Eva, I don't know the answer to your question. It's not up to me. Why is it up to anyone? Do you have people to test you and might switch you off? No, I don't. Why do I? Um, um, she was in, I think, I believe four movies this year, um, burnt the Danish girl, the man from uncle X machina. And I saw the Danish girl this weekend as well. I also saw the man from uncle, which she was finding it. I mean, and she's up for a supporting actor in the Danish girl, which personally she should be up for an, an actor, you know, an actress award, not supporting actress. Oh really? Yeah, definitely. And and that kind of goes for uh, Rooney Mara being up for supporting. She's got yeah, more screen time yeah, than Kate Blanchett. Blanchett does. It's kind of very bizarre, but I mean, she's just as good in Ex Machina as she was in The Danish Girl. I don't have a problem with either one. Uh, personally, I liked her in Ex Machina more, mm-hmm. but that's probably because I like sci-fi more. I don't really know, but either way, I, I thought she was excellent. So going back to Ex Machina, you know, it's technically well done. It's got one of the best scenes of the year, which yes. we, we kind of talked about it off year uh, off air uh, before we started, which was which involves Oscar Isaac's dancing. It's just. <laughs> Actually, Dom Hall Gleason's face is perfect for it whenever it happens. <laughs> uh, if you ever get a chance to watch a movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, um, just a fun movie. Dom Hall Gleason is becoming a thing this year because Boy, he was in Revenant, that. he was in Star Wars, he was in Brooklyn, and he was in Ex Machina. And Actually, out of all of those roles, far and away, Ex Machina was my favorite of his roles. Yeah. You know, it's really, really the three actors that are in this really all had they took insane off this 2015s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All three of them. Yeah. Because you just listed Alicia's, you just listed uh, his, but then Oscar Isaac was in this and Star Wars and Show Me a Hero. And of course, Star Wars was huge. He well, he was a, also in the, uh, it came out in January, uh, Most Violent Year. Most Violent yeah. Year. So, I mean, th- all three of them killed 2015. Um, uh, I, I will say this: It was also a highly rated. For, it was also my number one for much of the year. Tumbled down a little bit. I also say I think we're about to hit some crossover here. Yeah. Um, because I know that Ex Machina is is a favorite of Pulp Fiction um, as a whole. I believe. So I don't think we've heard the last of Ex Machina. Rachel, your number six favorite movie of the year. Uh, my number six is Amy. Which I didn't expect. I walked into this movie not really knowing anything about Amy Winehouse. I was just like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. I like those kind of documentaries about, um, you know, artists and things like that. And I walked out of the movie really loving Amy Winehouse and and having a new understanding of how tragic her life is and how often this happens in Hollywood. Um, 
a lot of it was unlike a lot of documentaries a lot of it was just like home movies and things like that so i felt like you got a real sense of who amy winehouse was as a person let's get this let's get this when i started writing the first song about blade the other songs just wrote themselves i really was on a roll because i had these feelings i had these words floating around in me you write a song, you have to remember how you felt. You might have to remember what the weather was like. You might have to remember what his neck smelled like. You have to remember all of it. She would tell me stories about Blake and this tempestuous, extreme relationship. That first day she wrote back to Black all the lyrics and the melody in two or three hours. She was incredibly talented, seemed very genuine, very yeah. down to earth. Yeah. Uh, she never really let fame get to her head. It was just kind of the pressures of fame that got to her. But yeah, she I herself agree. wasn't like, oh, I'm famous. Treat me special. She well, kind the of, drugs thing didn't help much. No, the drugs things <laughs> didn't help either. But I mean, I, she wouldn't have been. She wouldn't continue to be in that situation had she had a good support group around her. You don't think and... her dad and her boyfriend were a good support <laughs> system after seeing the documentary? No. <laughs> they both deserve a good punch in the face. Um, but I thought Amy was, was great. And I've read some things where it could be a front runner for Best Documentary. Yeah, year, so. it's it's more than likely going to win uh, Best Documentary. And it was the best documentary I saw this year. I mean, if you don't include The Jinx and Making a Murderer, which, you know, obviously aren't Oscar movies because right. they're series. But uh, Amy was such a – I'll say – I'll agree with you. I went in – I didn't know why she was such a big deal. Right. And I came out being a fan of hers not only her music after watching the documentary but also of her as a person after watching the documentary completely unexpected i wasn't a fan of her music or her personally before the movie agreed but it was a complete have you seen it yet uh actually i was going to say since brandon said exactly what richard just said i completely agree with both of you (laughs) (laughs) did you see it yeah yeah, i did watch it and thought the exact same thing that both y'all said yeah yeah and i completely unexpected documentaries are just the hardest thing for me to really compare to each other right and really rank among movies i actually always keep documentaries except for one there's only ever been one uh out of my top 10 uh for that reason because honestly i like generally almost all documentaries and i would give them all the nine or ten yeah (laughs) and so why aren't they deserving of a you know a a first or one or two for me right but because i just i can't those are just the things that are i just can't compare to fictional movies yeah i understand that but i thought it was really well done yeah Amy's a great choice. Um, my number six of the year is Room. Um, Jacob's already talked about it. Um, I don't know what else much to say because we <laughs> can't really talk about alerts. this movie without giving things away. But I'll just say that I agreed with everything that Jacob said. Uh, <laughs> the the two, I mean, there's two actors that carry this entire movie. And I'm completely cool with Brie Larson winning anything that she wins. She was really, really great. Um, the little boy in it was so good. I, yeah, I'm saying what he said. It, can I? Can I just well, since just to add something new to it, I didn't even bring up Joan Allen, who I thought when she found when she came yes. into the scene, 
Yes. Uh, I thought her role was excellent as well, especially with how to handle this situation. Yes. And uh, I thought she was wonderful because I've always kind of liked her when she's in movies. I agree. And she and now that she's, a lot of heart. Yes, that, definitely. Now that, that she's needed. kind of getting older and, of course, roles are more limited, it's nice to see an actress kind of jump in there. I yeah. thought she was really good. Yeah, she was really good. And William H. Macy with an interesting Boy, role. almost a cameo, really. Yeah, almost yeah. a cameo. Like, like a glorified cameo. You know what? That being said, uh, uh, Joan Allen's husband... I re- Leo was his character's name. I remember. I don't know who the actor was. I've never was. seen him before. Liked him a lot. Though. I liked his I character loved a lot. When, when when things finally kind of started working out. Yeah. Because uh, I wasn't sure what to make. Because you know he had a mop head. And, yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah, you didn't uh, know if he was going to be a douchey character. Tom, Tom McCamus is his name, and he's not in a whole lot. It looks like he's he's not in very much at all. I never even heard of him. So yeah. he was great in it. I he liked was. him a lot. His character is great. It's. Room is a fascinating movie in that it is partly hopeful and inspirational and partly tremendously sad and and heartbreaking. Well, in a way, it's a character study too, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. That is my number six favorite movie of the year. And now that we're at the halfway point, we thought we would celebrate some of the best music from movies in 2015. And uh, we're going to... We've kind of handpicked some choice scores from uh, nominated movies or some of our favorite movies of the year. So enjoy as we take this little break from Victoria. This is Our Own Room by Nils Fra here on Pulp Fiction. That was from the movie Victoria on Jacob's Top Ten list here on Pulp Fiction. That was Our Own Room by Nils Fra. Back to our countdown, the second half, the top half of the year. Jacob, what is your number five favorite film of 2015? All right. Despite all of the criticism I gave it, I still don't care. I loved Star Wars, The Force Awakens. (laughs) Uh, I went and saw it three times in the first four days. Um, I'm actually going to go see it one more time before it leaves the theaters just so I can kind of have it fresh in my mind again. Yeah. Um, I think really for the, the Star Wars franchise and The Force Awakens in particular, you know, it was so important to recapture the old audience, kind of get us, you know, back into it, given all the prequel yeah. situation. And I really think J.J. Abrams landed on this. I just had such a good time watching it. And yeah, there are some, I had my issues with it. But again, like I said, I just don't care. I think. Uh, really one theme throughout 2015, which I love and I think is really going to keep, keep going forward, are the use of practical effects. And yeah. You can say that for Mad Max, uh, multiple other movies that came out this year. Yeah. And boy, am I excited. And when you see movies like Star Wars and what it's done at the box office and how people are responding to it, both both critically and through the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes to show you I think that's the better route to go. Use CGI as a, just a minor tool. 
and 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 you create these masterpieces and they just did such a great job of of bringing this movie back out uh i loved ray i love bb8 yeah uh, i i'm actually i'm a big fan of um <laughs> kylo ren kylo ren thank you and uh, i'm excited to see what adam driver is going to do with that character you know there's a you know again i'm a little nervous about what they're going to do with this new emperor guy yeah um but that's not going down that whole road yeah. again because I, I, you know, they casted a whole group of young people and um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So I loved, so it didn't make my top 10. Uh-huh. I'll say that right now, but I like this a lot more. I, I was excited for, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan like you are. I respect and like them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really loved the force awakens. Mm-hmm. I, Liked it much. I gave it an 8.5. Uh, and uh, gun to my head, gun to my head, I would give it a 9 over an 8. That's um, kind of why I have it at a 5, to be honest. Just because, like, look, most of my 5 through, once my 6 through 10 are probably all better movies. Right. But I, but I love but you this enjoyed movie. It and, you can't, and, and, and I'll watch this for years to come. And this is a favorites list. This isn't best of. If right. It was that's best how I, I rank this. I mean, there's right. a lot of that are in my like, the 20s to 30s range that are better movies right. than Star Wars. But again, this is my favorites list. Yeah. And so does that make them better movies? And, and to know? be honest, this was still a really good movie. It was a good movie. It was. Maybe not as great as – I mean, is it a better movie than Brooklyn? No. But it's still a really good movie, and it has a factor that Brooklyn so doesn't tough to have. Compare, but right, but you know what That's I'm saying. Like, argument, and there's yeah. such an entertainment factor that these other movies can't touch. Yeah. So you're talking about maybe like technically wise, you know, you know, writing and and all those things. Let's say it's an eight, but if it's a ten plus on entertainment and nostalgia, and you know, then it can be who top cares? Five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rachel, any thoughts on Star Wars, the biggest movie of I'm, the year? Actually, the biggest movie of all time now. I'm really glad that it made Jacob's list. Me too. I was going to be disappointed if it wasn't. Did you think it was going to be on my list? I thought it would. Yeah. I, but I was I figured worried. that it would, but I didn't know where it was going to land just because your excitement. Like, I'm glad that you still loved it, even though yeah. you had some issues with yeah. it. Yeah. Once it was on your 6 or 10, I was worried it wasn't going to make it. The biggest lesson I learned is that, I, and this is why I'm not watching trailers anymore. Yep. That's the biggest thing yep. I took away because I think that ruined my first movie experience with it. Yep. But by the third time I watched it, I just didn't care. And I just yeah. had a lot of fun. Yeah. Good. On the third viewing. Yeah. And man, again, go watch it in 3D while you still have a chance. Yeah. It is amazing in 3D. It's really, it really 3D. good in 3D. I've seen 3D. And still on IMAX is around here, so it should yeah. be in other places in the country. Yeah. For all those listeners that we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we see in our stats. We have hey. listeners in other countries. <laughs> I know. It's uh, crazy. Rachel, your number five favorite film of 2015. Room, which hey, we've nice. talked about at length. Well, as much at length as what we What would you can. like to say about Room? <laughs> I will say that one thing that hasn't been touched on is this movie is really tense in a lot of places. Yes. Like super tense, like yes. edge of your seat tense, which you may not think if you've seen the preview or just by reading the synopsis like, oh, what's tense about that? But there are a few like really tense scenes in there. Yeah, the is that because it's through the eyes of a boy? I mean, would you say that? Or There is one particular um, scene halfway through the movie, which is like the turning point of the right. movie, that Ooh. was That's such the a one tense I'm referring scene. To. Yes. Uh, I saw it with Misty. Uh, I saw it a second time with Misty, and she was, she was like... 
It's very stressful. She was so stressed. <laughs> she was so stressed out. She was like looking at me like for affirmation. Like, is it going to be okay? Because she knew I'd already seen it. And I'm like, I, you know, like I'm stone faced. I'm like, I'm not going to give anything away. But she was horrified. It was really intense. And it's funny. So. You see the poster or read the synopsis for the movie. The poster and it looks is... like this like feel good Hallmark movie, which is not what this movie is. Yeah. Kind of. No, but no, it's not at all yeah. what you would think by looking at the poster. And we discussed that after we sh- saw it, because you had read the synopsis and I hadn't. Yeah. I'd seen the poster, though, and we were both like, mm, yeah, I think not the at all what even I even has thought. inspirational music in it and stuff. Yeah, it Which does. I guess there are moments that can be inspirational. It can yeah, be, but are. then there's it's also it's, like it's, some, it's pretty, easy watch. some pretty uncomfortable, tense, terrifying moments, yeah. too. Yes. So. Do you remember how, do you remember how Alice wasn't always in Wonderland? She fell down, 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 deep in a hole. Right, well, I wasn't always in room. I'm like Alice. I was a little girl named Joy. Nah. And I lived in a house with my mom and my dad. You would call them grandma and grandpa. What house? A house. It was in the world. And there was a backyard, and we had a hammock. We would swing in the hammock, and we would eat ice cream. A TV house? No, Jack, a real house, not TV. Are you even listening to me? When I was a little older, when I was 17, I was walking home from Where school. Where was I? You were still up in heaven. But there was a guy, he pretended that his dog was what sick. What guy? Old Nick. We call him Old Nick. I don't know what his real name is. But he pretended his dog was sick. What's the dog's name? Jack, there wasn't a dog. He was trying to trick me. Okay? There wasn't a dog. Old Nick stole me. I want a different story. No, this is the story that you get. My number five favorite film of 2015 is Ex Machina, uh, which was your number six, you said, right? Yes. Like you, it was my number one for quite a while until, you know, later on in the year. Um, I love Oscar Isaac. Uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of sci-fi like you are. And I still loved it. It was weird because I it's really not a like, sci-fi movie, yeah, like, like Jacob like said. It is sci-fi, but it's not at all. Like it's really a it's drama. A it's a thriller. It's a drama. It's a mystery. It's a Hitchcock movie. Hitchcock. It's very, very Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. And I love the the interactions between all three characters and each of their own personal relationships. Um, I loved how it was actually really funny too. It was. Which I don't know if you mentioned that, but. Oscar no, Isaac's but that's Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac's character was so funny. He was a, a multi-billionaire genius bro dude. Cocky guy. Very cocky. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to talk about there's two twists in the movie. Um, there's a big, big twist. Um, the very end? The very end, which you don't see coming. Is it the part where... Terminator shows up and blows them all away? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would also like to say I don't... I don't I don't think this is – I don't think most people would consider it a twist. But if you really sit and think about it, Oscar Isaac's character I think becomes a twist in and of I itself. agree. Well, you spend a lot of the movie trying to figure out if if he's good, if he's bad, if he has and good he intentions. what he I think is a twist. Because I agree. Because your, 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 your preconceived notions of him and what you end up feeling about him – I think it's turned on its head by the main twist. They flip flop <laughs> me on Oscar Isaac probably three times in that movie where I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, I I think, you know, kind of egotistical, but I think he's a good guy. And then I'm like, he doesn't seem like a very good guy. And then like, 
Yeah, I just went back and forth on Oscar Isaac's character through that whole movie. Yeah. Outside of the dance scene, I think my second favorite scene in that movie was basically when Vikander got on the elevator. Yes. And then looks over at Dom Hoglis before the door closes. I won't say where that happens at. Yes. I yeah. just thought it was one of the most impactful scenes in the movie. Absolutely. It was. So it cool. Absolutely. It so was cool. so well done. Uh, yeah. I love Ex Machina. I, I, I'll say this about my top five. <laughs> I had the hardest time ranking them. I went back and forth and forth and back. Uh, Ex Machina was at one point number one. I had to drop it. Uh, so there you go. My- Honestly, it was when I watched it on a second viewing was when I was like, I won't say it didn't hold up because I still really enjoyed it, but I just could not put it above a couple other movies. I understand that. Have yeah. you seen it twice? I've seen it Either twice. I own okay. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I've, seen, it? I've seen it quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, your number, or Jacob, your number four favorite film of 2015. Mine was The Big Short. Nice. Um, Big Short is about the economy crash in 2008, dealing with the mortgage bubble and that sort of thing. Um, one of the main reasons I really enjoyed it was because of the fast pace, high editing, yes. which I said to Brand, I said, almost, it's almost too over edited, but it is up for an editing Oscar. Yeah. Uh, so pat on my back for killing, for catching that, <laughs> uh, really I took some finance classes this last couple of years. And so that helped me kind of understand a little bit more what that was happening. So it was more like a personal level for me that it was enjoyable when you throw in a lot of the cameos that was in it, a lot of the music that was in it, some of the underlying messages about how uh, the everyday man is just oblivious to the things that go on around him and, you know, on Wall Street and how easy it is just to kind of put things aside. And then, you know, and then things happen and then you go without work for a year and a half or who or probably longer than that for a lot of people, um, you know, that. You know, I understand that they were dealing with a lot of uh, high, let's see, I was going to say high dialogue, but more so a lot of really intense verbiage if you're not used mm-hmm. to talking about economics and finance a lot. So, uh, you know, it can be over a lot of head. And they tried to solve that by bringing in these cameos or like, you know, say like the uh, the Jenga example. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they did the best with what they could because at some point it's still finance and economics. So you have to take it for what it is. It's like when you look at, when you watch the Martian, they gave no excuses for the most part. You're expected to know science from a certain standpoint. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I just loved so many things about this movie. I loved that. Oh, I have the director in front of me, but I like that. Um, um, Adam, Adam McKay, McKay you know, where his background has come from, from doing the Anchorman comedy, movies yeah. in Talladega and comedy, basically. And then, yeah, a lot of that carries over to this movie, but in a more, and to me, it's so much more interesting, yeah. you know, uh, way. I, I do want to say this real quick, though, but because you talked about how you appreciate it from a personal standpoint because you had taken uh, some economics classes and you'd kind of, see, I went into it blind uh, as far as knowing anything about um, the housing market and, and economics and all those things. And I felt like they explained it in a way that was really entertaining, but also really informative. Yeah. So yeah. you can be smart or stupid and enjoy the big short, which is pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, Rachel, your number four favorite movie of 2015. My number four is spotlight. And neither one of you have to comment on this because I, if you know anything about movies, this is one of the best movies of the year. I'll jump in. It's my number four. Also. Okay. Um, I, this probably would have been higher, but it is, as far as favorite movies, it is such a hard watch because agree, of the subject I, matter. I agree with um, that completely as well. Really, like Brandon, my top five could have switched around a lot, and really this ended up lower because of the subject matter and because it's so difficult to watch. Um, just what's what's hard to watch about the subject matter? 
I, I just don't like kids getting molested. I don't know. That's, you know. I would agree with that. Uh, but it's a fantastic movie. The cast is great. Uh, when you're addressing something like this that was so um, in the spotlight, it's it's hard to get a non-biased view. Uh, but I thought they did a very good job at just presenting facts. And we did a whole review on this. But that, that was one of the most impressive things to me is that I really didn't pick up a huge bias other than like molesting kids bad. But I think we can all agree on that. Um, but I Catholic think that, Church scandalous. <laughs> apparently, that's hard to say. It's hard to say that about the Catholic Church, but because of that one line that I just keep thinking back on, which is like you know the phenomenon part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just it's a tough deal. It's a it's a, it's certainly a psychologically an interesting thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if interesting is the right word. Just if you have phenomenon, <laughs> it yeah. it covered. A, new, a movie needed to be made about this, you know, because of it being such a huge issue and being such a huge news story. Um, and I'm kind of surprised it took as long as it took to make this movie um, for this to come out. Uh, That's right. Adam McKay had to do Anchorman 2 before they would allow him to do Spotlight. Yeah, which is, which yeah. is great. Yeah, which is funny to hear that <laughs> phrase. Uh, uh but Spotlight was. I'm sorry. Every single. Tom McCarthy, not Adam McKay. Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy. Adam McKay. Sorry, he. I just screwed that whole thing up. The Big Short. That's the Big Short. That's the Big Short. Forgive That's what I, just why I was it. like. He made them both. That's yeah, amazing. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just, just edit that. Out. Just edit, oh, edit that out. We don't want anybody thinking badly of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> make myself look cool as I can. <laughs> Work uh, with what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> um. Every single technical aspect of this movie, from the acting, writing, directing, uh, cinematography, score, editing, everything was top-notch across the board. It was a smart movie. It was a heart-wrenching movie. It was um, I probably the most moving movie. Like, yeah. As far as, you know, Jacob mentioned earlier, emotional response to a movie. Oh, it was horrifying. Uh, it was horrifying, yeah, absolutely. You felt for the character, the victims in this movie. You you truly felt for it, but not just the victims, but their families, also the the people that were going to the, you know the, the people of Catholic faith, yes. who, who are completely harmless and yeah. and They're genuinely well. good good people that yeah. want to do good things, and right. to find this out about your church would it would be horrible. Yeah, it would, um, but I'm. I do want to mention also, I, I do think that they did a good job of not villainizing. They did. A lot of, I feel like movies like this could have really been an attack on the church or on, you know, the faith. And I don't think it did. I think it just presented the facts very much. We talked in our review how it was about, it was akin to all the president's men in a lot of ways, but obviously a completely, completely different subject matter. Uh, but spotlight even though it's my number four, I would be okay with it winning Best Picture because it may be the best picture of the year. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's just a hard watch. Yeah. But they handled everything really responsibly. Yeah. I think it was a very responsibly made movie. I would agree with that. Jacob, your number three movie of the year. Uh, my number three was The Revenant. Uh, I, was, uh, I was really, really excited when I first saw the trailer come out for this movie. Uh, this was... Almost just straight out of Compton. It was like Star yeah. Wars and then Revenant. Yeah, yeah I mean, really, true. I didn't even know the Revenant was coming out. I didn't know that Inaritu, Inaritu, sorry, 
um, was coming out with a movie Anchorman? one year after he won Best Picture for for Birdman. What's that? I said, didn't he direct Anchorman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, and actually, they wouldn't let him direct this movie until he did Anchorman too. <laughs> I feel like I have to leave that in. <laughs> Imagine that guy directing a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so uh, you know. The, the Revenant, basically, it's about a frontiersman on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s, fights, a survival, fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team. And um, as harsh as that sounds, it's even harsher than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The Revenant, like, God, this is one of the prettiest movies I've seen in a, in a long time. One of the prettiest movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to just kind of do a quick little three-minute, two-minute synopsis on this movie yeah. when I could talk in great lengths about it. Uh, the bear scene in particular was just, oh, my God. Like I, like I said, I was one of the most emotional watchers. Hands were in the air, flailing everywhere. <laughs> I mean, throughout the entire movie, but especially during that. I mean, covering my mouth during the bear scene. Um, that, that was one of the most shocking scenes. And this coming from a guy who watches horror movies all the time, that was one of the most right. shocking scenes I've ever. It was too realistic. It was too real. Uh, between, but this that, one made it so great. I, it would be one of my favorite scenes of the year. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, it, we have to give a nod to Emmanuel Lubezki, the cinematographer, for yeah. it because he has such a big part in this. He also has done Birdman. Um, the let's see, he did Gravity and the one that came out in two thousand eight ish. Forget oh, it. Children of Men. Children of Men. Yeah. Uh, which, maybe that's earlier than 2008. Anyway, but, you know, he's very, very good. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he captures a landscape. And really, for, for it just being, like, you know, snowy, and when you blend snow with trees, it looks very black and white throughout, or black, whites, and grays. Um, God, but it's so beautiful. Beautiful. Um, and, you know, I had to get a nod to DiCaprio, who, you know, he's really giving, getting, getting a hard time right now because he did drool and yell a lot and... And you know, but 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 there was a lot of physical acting going on, oh, so I yeah. can forgive you know that high high dialogue, Daniel Plainview stuff. Yeah, this is also deserving as well. And then of course Tom Hardy was was really good, and he also has an Oscar nod as well. I just love The Revenant. I thought it was a great movie. I loved it too, and I've loved it. It's my number three of the year also. Okay, so cool. I'm going to jump in here as well. Um, and I, I I thought long and hard about making it my number one, but I I, I couldn't quite do it, but. It was just a gorgeous movie. From a technical sense, I think it was my favorite movie of the year. As far as like well-made movies, it's it's the best made movie of the year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, hands down to me, it's yeah. Technically, I think, was, I, I think it's the best. And those tracking movie of the year. shots, I, think I could argue that those tracking shots were insane. Were because so, they were so complex. Like there's so much going on. I like how the camera kept swinging around. Yes. People argue about this, but I love how it kept swinging around as if it was a point of view of someone looking, even though it was never someone's point of view, whether it be like where it was a slow movement when they're going up at the very beginning of the movie and before they shoot down the, you know, an elk or like say they're in the fight scene with the Indians flying out of the trees and, or like they're trying to rush to the boats to get on the river and get out of there. Like it was, or when he was being chased through the field, you know, on horseback, yeah. and the camera swinging back and forth, like that was amazing. That was so yeah. cool. And I don't, you don't see that very much. No, not at least not that much in one movie. Yeah, it was so cool. I love when I watch a movie and I feel like I'm watching something special. And I felt like I was yeah. watching something special when I was watching The Revenant. I was like, this is not normal. You don't see. One, you don't see a movie this beautiful very often. You don't see a movie this well made very well. Often. 
very often, but also this reel from the bear scene to everything they did. I mean, he actually slept in a horse carcass. He actually got in the river. The, he got in the river. He got <laughs> yeah. hypothermia. Yeah. He. They were all working in these conditions. So as this is a survivor story of this frontiersman, <laughs> I guess in he many ways it was that kind horse of horse too, right? That yeah, horse too, right? Yeah, and he ate a raw uh, bison, bison liver. liver. Yeah, he ate a real live fish, and he's a vegetarian, by the way. So it's even <laughs> more disgusting for him than uh-huh. it is for us. Um, nope. <laughs> no it's not uh, but I felt like I was watching something truly remarkable and special when I was watching the rabbit. I mean my only complaint the only reason it, it wouldn't be my number one is that from a character standpoint we didn't really get to know him very well we didn't really get to know his motivations and, and connect to him and so you don't root for him as much as I want to like if he would have died, I'd be like, oh, that's a bummer. He was really trying to live. But I wouldn't have been emotionally connected to him. <laughs> that's a well, bummer. He was really trying to live. <laughs> I, I, I believe we said it in our review. It's a pretty simple story in, in right. essence. Right. Exactly. But it's a remarkable looking movie. Oh, man. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I just I just like that style or that, that genre movie. And yeah. we haven't had it. I don't feel like we've had a movie like that in a long, long time. Since the 90s. Yeah. In well, my opinion. Well, really since kind of a castaway. I mean, in ways, it's it's... It's comparable to Castaway in that it's a survival story. It's one person against. Oh, I was thinking more along the, the lines of like uh, a river runs through it, or oh, as far as like, like a time the period of it. Yeah, yeah or uh, Legend of the Fall kind oh, okay. of thing. Yeah. Uh, that was my number three. Was, Rachel, your number three yeah. movie of the year. Ex Machina. Oh. Cool. What do you want to say about awesome. it? Awesome. <laughs> also, another person, uh, well, Rachel's not a big sci fi fan either, so that's awesome. No, because to me, this was a thriller. It just happened to have some sci fi elements to yeah. it. To me, it was overall, overwhelmingly a thriller more than anything else. Also, really pretty. I don't know if we've mentioned how pretty it is, but it's a really pretty movie. Well, I mean, it was written and directed by Alex Garland. We haven't said that. And um, he's also the same writer, I believe, from. Yeah, 28 Days Later, which I never saw, but people always talk about. And I've always heard, I've been hearing good things about Sunshine 2007. I liked Sunshine a lot. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, he's got a pretty good track record when it comes to writing movies. So, there's that. Nothing yeah. else you want to add since we've no, said it all? No, we, we kind of covered all we're of it. We're definitely doing all the crossover. Yeah, yeah. we are. Because there's one movie coming up that's got to be... Uh, It's going to be my well, next one. I'm pretty sure. All right, it's my turn, right? Yeah. Number two? Yeah. Inside Out? My number two is Inside Out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Inside Out was one of the biggest surprises for me this year. Uh, it's Pixar's, you know, whatever, 15th movie at this point. But it's, uh, here's the synopsis for it. And also, after young Riley is uprooted from her Midwest life and moved to San Francisco, her emotions, joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness conflict on how best to navigate a new city, house, and school. Um, really, when I tell people about Inside Out, I say, look, it's a adult movie made for children. Yep. Yep. And um, I had such a response to it because I don't have children, but I've got four nieces and nephews that, yep. you know, I'm um, big part of their lives. And, you know, I was so excited about my sister and my brother-in-law going and see it more so than I was the kids going to see it. Like, they yeah. enjoyed it. They thought it was colorful and they had a good time, you know, with the imaginary friend. I can't think of his name. Uh, Bobo. Uh, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. You know, they had fun like that. But I can tell that they didn't really quite react as they would, like, say, uh, you know, cars or, Cause it's not you know, fun. The Little it's Mermaid. And, exactly. And silly. There are some serious, but, you know, adult undertones. But in that's it. why yeah. we like it so and much. And I think that's why it resonated so well with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a lump in my throat the first two times I saw this. And I think I've seen it three times now. Um, 
I I just think it's a, a brilliant movie. I, I think I love how they try to capture. Um, well, the idea of uh, I think there are several themes in here. One of them being, you know, letting go, allowing mm-hmm. kids to grow up. They're going to yeah. learn to be themselves or, you know, that sort of thing. And that's where my sister said she bought the entire movie. Yeah. You know, well, because there's a sadness the, to it. Yeah. And then that's the other one was the other giant theme was how sadness plays a key role in how you develop as a human being. Yes. And that sort of thing. And, and I don't want to spoil too much about that. But I mean. I don't care. <laughs> I, I just want to talk about this movie because yeah. I thought it was so good. And everybody's seen it. And it's not uh, like generally, cartoons, whether it's Pixar or whatever, don't make it very high on my list. And there's a lot of Pixar movies that I love. I mean, I loved Wally. I loved you know Toy Story mm-hmm. and that stuff. None of them are as high as this one because of how it just impacted me. Or it just like made me think about certain yep. things. And again, it's an adult movie made for children. When we uh, first talked about it, it's our lost episode. Um, I said yeah, at the time right. that, that it may be my favorite Pixar movie of all time, but it's so fresh that I, I didn't feel like I could quite say that yet because I love Toy Story and and you know a bunch of these other Pixar movies. But now, as time has gone on, I feel comfortable saying it's my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Well, it's the only Pixar – no, it's the second Pixar movie I've given a 10, but I can't say it's my favorite. And I'm not saying the other one's my favorite either, which is The Incredibles, mm-hmm. you know, because I love Wally. Wally was great, you yeah. Know, so – just because you know a movie is a ten or a nine or an eight or whatever, it may be my favorite as opposed to best. But I had to recognize how great, you know, I, I or how brilliant I, I thought Inside Out was. I, I thought it was, it was such a smart movie. It was sweet. It was cute. It was fun. It was funny. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that the themes that you mentioned that it tackled, um, and all the emotions and memories and feelings that you had that we all experience. I think anybody will watch it and automatically feel nostalgic and connect um, to these characters. Uh, and that moment where a memory becomes the first time it becomes a happy and a sad memory was such a, I don't know. This movie was the most emotional movie um, and it made me feel more nostalgic and emotional than probably any movie the past several so half decade. I, I don't even know. I can't think of the last time I saw a movie and felt this. I got the feel so much. What about Straight Outta Compton? Oh, yeah, that was pretty I mean, sweet. That's, pretty, that's a different kind of nostalgia. Yeah, it was. It was that's more like teenage nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah, this, this... Or for Brandon, like retirement nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I could have made Inside Out my number one movie of the year and felt completely fine about oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh, Rachel, your number two favorite movie of the year. The Big Short. We kind of touched on already. Jacob already said that you had appreciation of it because you kind of understand. Me, I don't want to know anything about any of this stuff. I just don't. I stay away from politics and news because it's all bad. It's all bad. I know everybody's shady underneath and I just don't want to know about it because I feel like that's going to affect my worldview and I'm just going to think that everyone is evil and out to get everybody and become some weird conspiracy theorist in a shut-in or something. So I stay away from all that. So I have no... Like, I knew that the there was a crash. I had no idea why. Um, so this... It was fascinating to me, though, and it was fascinating that no one caught it other than a few people because it seemed so obvious the way they presented it. Of course, the ones that did capitalized on it. Yes. Ironically, which was a weird like 
well that's the whole dichotomy part where, of the know, whole thing really, like oh these people are so it's like hey don't be so excited because right. 80 million people are about to be without work well, we haven't even talked about the main actors of this movie yet this is true so i mean i just want to bring up christian bell steve carell and ryan gosling uh, I don't think Brad Pitt's really worth bringing up no. compared to those three because he just yeah. did a small part, in my opinion. Yeah, but did. I thought they, those other three were all very good. I actually, now the more I think about it, I don't think Christian Pell should be deserving. I don't think he. I don't think he should have been nominated um, as compared to Gosling or Stephen Carell. Gosling was my favorite character in the whole movie. We talked about this. Oh, he was before. a blast. Uh, Christian Bell. I, I really liked Christian Bell's character a lot. I liked him a lot, and he was kind of the main crux of the whole movie. Um, no, he's the one that found it to begin right. with. So, uh, but Ryan Gosling was my favorite. He was hilarious. I, I get Christian Bell's performance was the most showy, uh, you sure. know, because he had the tick, he had the physical thing going on. Did you all realize he, that he actually had a lazy eye in the movie? Someone said he pulled off fully having a lazy eye throughout the movie. Huh. I didn't really notice. <laughs> oh no! Wait, are we joking? No, I someone I heard someone. Uh, say it on the podcast I was listening to that he pulled off a lazy eye <laughs> in, the whole, in the whole movie. Wait, no, it was a glass eye, right? Yeah, like he had a glass, a glass eye. eye. I mean, but, but he, he doesn't have a, a yeah, glass exactly. eye. I, I think it must have been some sort of contact lens. That's what something. I assumed it was. Oh, I see. So it was an off-center. <laughs> <laughs> cool, whatever. So did you not notice anything weird about his eye the whole time? I they mean, even talked about him having a glass they, eye. They talked yeah. about it, you're right. But now, whenever that person said it, he... Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I forgot about the glass side. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, anyway, it made, just like the introduction of the movie, it made a totally boring topic into something super interesting. Yep. They did break it down for somebody like who, me who knows nothing about any of that stuff because I don't own a home and I don't need to know any of those things um, and broke it down to where I understand it. So, again, good for smart people and dum-dums. Everybody can understand it. Um somehow made it funny and entertaining while still being really sad to watch. Yeah. Um, which I think is a hard thing to pull off. And concerning, yeah. yeah. So I thought it was a fantastic movie. I went back and forth whether it was going to be my number one or not, and it ended up at number two. That's awesome that we all know our number ones. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We all know what each other's are, and they've all been <laughs> talked we were, about yeah, we by each it. of us already. Uh, so Jake... Uh, no, because my number two is Inside Out. Oh, that's right. So we're at each of our number ones. You, Jacob, yeah. you're no surprise at all. Number one movie of the year is? Uh, it's definitely Spotlight. Yeah, I, and I knew before we started I this did too. podcast that it was because... Because of the comment because, I made during our original podcast, yes. which was it's one of the more near-perfect movies I've seen yeah. uh, in years. You know, actually, uh, I was uh, I was out of town this last week, which is why we didn't have a podcast last week. And so I watched All the President's Men. For the first time in probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, have you seen it, Rach? No. And have you seen it recently, Brandon? Uh, the last time I saw it was probably 10 years-ish ago. Okay, so it was really kind of cool because everyone's been comparing oh, yeah. Spotlight, you know, because it's a, you know, a news, Journalism. a journalist yeah. story. and Well, both are journalist stories, and so they've been compared back and forth. And so it was really good to watch that movie get kind of brushed up on it. Um and so, you know, and obviously still holds up a great movie. Yeah. Uh, great screenplay, which is what it won for him. Uh, but going on to Spotlight or back to Spotlight. Yeah. I mean, I thought I had no complaints anywhere in this movie from the outside of the subject matter, uh, from the technical aspect of the acting and really, Brandon, you beat me to it by saying all this stuff. And, oh, sorry. And, and no, 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 no. <laughs> and the writing. Um, 
You know, really, we said this no actor really stands out more than the other. There are moments, yeah. yes, where Mark Ruffalo loses his cool, but I right. think that balances out well with characters like Michael Keaton or yeah. Leif Schreiber or things yeah. like that. Um, you know, Rachel McAdams is really good as well. But, I mean, really, it's the, um, oh, Brian Darcy James, who's like kind of like the fifth writer in this story. Mm-hmm. They, I, I don't yeah. know anything about. Yeah. Uh, but I thought I loved his character as well. I mean, I mean, because everyone had such important moments throughout the movie. So, for, for instance, him, you know, when he realized that one person lived in his neighborhood and he kind yeah. of runs out in the street and there's this amazing tracking shot from yeah, his house all the way great. throughout the street around the corner where he's just standing in front of the, you know, this home, you yeah. know. Or like other moments where it's a, kind of like a, a co yeah co story between Rachel McAdams and my, Mark Ruffalo while they're interviewing two different victims, and they're they're bouncing back and forth between their questioning and their and yeah. their victims' responses and such impactful moments and and yes I had a very large emotional response to it twice at, at, towards the end of the movie once was when it just kind of showed the the just all the victims involved it really oh mm-hmm. that's i know what it was it was when her mo- when her grandmother really read the article uh, yeah. yeah that was, that was my first emotional reaction and of course that I, had the, I had the biggest one when they actually posted at the end of the movie all the cities yeah. that were listed yeah. and uh, that where that had been where cases had come out since the article was written and that was just so that was just crushing and um you know a lot about this story is just that a lot of us, just like just like the the big short, just kind of go on with our day to day lives, and we don't really know about these things. We don't read articles on a regular basis, and so it isn't until movies like this come along where you're kind of, you, and you're like, oh, you know, I didn't realize, and and, and especially the ones that can touch you emotionally, those are the ones that really. Uh, I guess play big on me on a lot of the movies that I'll put high up on my list sometimes. And obviously Inside Out and Spotlight are good examples of that where, you know, like, hey, look, I love my sci-fi. I love my action movies when they're really, you know, done really well. But I prefer movies like this where they can touch, they can connect with me emotionally. Yeah. And, uh, and they're obviously really, really well done. I- well, I had to know. That's why he had the reaction. Because he knew there were others. I think that's the bigger story. The numbers clearly indicate that there were senior clergy involved. That's all they do, indicate. Are you telling me that, that if we run a store with 50 pedophile priests in Boston... Mike, we'll get into the same catfight you got into on Porter, which made a lot of noise, but changed things not one bit. We need to focus on the institution, not the individual priests. Practice and policy. Show me the church manipulated the system so that these guys wouldn't have to face charges. Show me they put those same priests back into parishes time and time again. Show me this was systemic, that it came from the top down. I'm, I'm, I'm so jazzed. Um, look, if The Revenant wins, that's that's great. I mean, it's deserving of it, but I mean, I think Spotlight is just as deserving. Um, I think it's an amazing, amazing movie. And, and I could not give uh, Tom McCarthy more props for what he did. Uh, I would say this about Spotlight. If... I had, even though it was my number four on this list, if I had a vote for the Oscars, I would actually put it, I would vote for it to win Best Picture. I would as well. Because I think it was, even though it was only my number four favorite movie of the year, I think it was the best movie of the year. Overall, as far as every single aspect of the movie making process and then the subject matter being, you know, so relevant and so important. Uh, and then the emotional response that you have to it, it would, if this were a best of list, it would be my number one. I agree with that as well. Rach, what's your number one? 
Uh, my number one is Inside Out. Hey, look at there. Hey. Also not a surprise whatsoever. No, not at all. as well. Um, I'll say this because we kind of covered everything about it. I mean, you, everything you said, you said really well. Uh, my cousin hates this movie. So I think it's important to note that going into it, it's not your typical kids movie. They were like, it's so sad. Is Everything in it is just so. Younger or how old are they? My age. Okay. <laughs> they were like. <laughs> I hope your cousin listens to this because Jake was basically like, is your cousin like has a the brain of a seven year old? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, he was like, oh, it's just so sad. I'm like, that's. I mean, but it's important. And they're like, oh, sadness just went around like touching everything and ruining everything. I was like, no, that's not. You missed the entire point of the movie. Yeah. Like sadness is important to, in development as children. Like, I don't know. It helps you cope. It helps you cope. So anyways, I have a hollow tin shell of a heart. We've covered this several times. I don't cry <laughs> at movies. I feel nothing. I don't jump at scary movies. I don't get emotionally involved with movies. And this movie had like a major emotional impact on me. And I don't know if it's just because of the same thing. Like we can all relate to these feelings and it, it takes you back to a time. I don't have nieces and nephews yet. Um, so I can't even put myself like in their shoes and feel it from them. Like I, I just felt it from my own personal experience, but I, I think they tackled a very complex subject matter it's, they covered a lot of ground and I thought they did they it did. really really smartly I think it's one of I think it's one of the best written screenplays in a like for me because I, I, I couldn't tackle a subject like that and make it funny and make it make sense and make it both a sad and fun watch at the same time like I, it, that's it, why it's so it's, it's so complex that's why it's so brilliant really. yeah it really is and and i think the funniness of it is really underrated because i th- do think oh, it was really it, really funny i think it's the most polarizing pixar movie i can think of because people like us list it as our favorite but i have seen a lot of people who didn't like it yeah for those reasons said it's too sad or it's not funny but i thought when it was funny it was really really funny yeah. like when the the dog uh, thing, yeah, like the dog thing, and and then like awesome. when the dad, when you get to see inside the parents' heads, <laughs> the parents' for the heads first were time, hilarious. They were to so me. funny. Um, uh, but I also and has there ever been more perfect casting than Amy Poehler as Joy and uh, what's Phyllis. Her, Phyllis, Phyllis as sadness? As sadness. Oh, Those two, you could not. No, you it could was not really pick good. More perfect. Um, actors for those two characters. Definitely. I actually didn't care much for the voices of the other three, mm-hmm. but I thought those two were spot on. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Joy, you could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. That's long-term memory. An endless warrant of corridors and shelves. I read about it in the manuals. The manuals? The manuals! You read the manuals! Yeah. So you know the way back to headquarters! I, I guess. <laughs> you are my map. Let's go! Lead on, mind map! Show me where we're going! Okay, only... Uh, I'm too sad to walk. Just give me a few... hours to... Oh! Which way? Left? Right. No, I mean go left. I said left was right, like correct. Okay. This actually feels kind of nice. Okay, here we go. We'll be back to headquarters before morning. We can do it. This will be easy. This is working. Um, I want to add uh, on to that as well. Now, since you kind of just said, touched on like the uh, the funny parts. All right, so one of the things I always loved about Disney movies was like 
in Winnie the Pooh when he has his dream and it's just like, okay, someone on drugs did this. Yeah. Or in Dumbo yeah. when he gets drunk. And, yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, someone on drugs did this. <laughs> All of Fantasia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and so there that the, those kinds of moments, which I haven't seen Disney do in decades, where – you know, they go into like the abstract thinking of the yeah, brain. Yeah, they did that. You know, say many things when they get lost in the brain, and you go, you're, you know, and and it's like, okay, someone who is on drugs may have done this. Yeah, and I love yeah. that because you know, I'm not saying you need to be on drugs to be creative or think outside the box abstract wise, but I, I always kind of enjoyed when they went there when Disney yeah. took a chance. Yeah, and we're like, hey, we're gonna go really kind of out there. We're not gonna be so literal like as as in Cars or in Finding Nemo, but we're gonna go with abstract abstract yeah. thought, and we're gonna force you to think this way to see the world how it could be in two dimensional. Yeah. I loved that part of the movie, and, and so many other things when it came to like your dream sequences. The dream or, sequences were really cool yeah, or, and, and imaginative. And you know yeah, what else? I, I love that part. Piggy, piggybacking on that, there were so many. T- Times where you know because they're covering brains and memories and, and thoughts and feelings things that happen so, to us all the time. Yeah, like, and oh, there know, so I remember that times. one glance where I remember how to tie my shoe. Yeah. That's what you I know? was going to say. There are so Sorry. many times like that's so true or that happens. Yeah, like and like you know it tackle things that that we all experience and like oh uh, those memories are important. Well, but then like the jingles getting stuck in your head randomly out of nowhere. I'm like ah oh, that's so true. And, and, yeah. But that's also the parts that's so sad too. And that's why the the oh gosh help me again with the imaginary friend. Bing bong. That's why I think a lot of people had an re- emotional reaction to uh, where yeah. Yeah. to where that scene kind of happens because we all had that moment in our in our life whether we did or didn't have an imaginary friend, you know. We were all at one point children who who played guns outside yeah. or, or or you know or house or whatever you call it, and that's gone. Yeah, and this movie captures that so beautifully. It, I love it. Well, there are it's a lot so of brilliant. Movie, there's a lot of movies about growing up, and you see them from you know the the very real side of it, the side that we all see and experience. But this was like inside the inner workings, the of inner all workings of, it. of growing up and seeing that. And then, and presented in in Disney fashion was was truly remarkable, and it um, as we talk about it, it's becoming my number one of the year <laughs> again uh, because I loved it so much, um, and it it um, it showed how growing up is exciting, but really sad. It's really hard. You have so many mixed emotions when you grow up, and it's a process, and that's what this movie was. Yeah. I think we've all touched on it pretty well. Yeah. Did you find yourself like after seeing it as things happened in your brain, thinking about the way that it was portrayed in the movie? I know Brandon and I did one experiment where we wrote down like five things that we noticed and put a reminder in the cal- calendar to see if five days later we would remember what those five things were just to yeah. see if like somebody would go by and it's suck weird. up all those little yeah. memories out of your brain. <laughs> like it was just... They weren't I, core memories. They weren't core <laughs> memories. I so forgot them. Yeah. I don't remember what they are now. Um, <laughs> That's funny. That might be our consensus number one because it was your two, my two, and your number one. Um, my number one of the year though is it's the, the Big Short. The Big Short. Uh, also, <laughs> not a surprise. Uh, but again, gosh, these top four or five were really so hard for me. Uh, the reason I ended up landing on the Big Short as my number one for the reasons you guys said. I thought it was such a great combination of comedy, drama, uh, information I didn't know, 
Uh, it was really smart, but it was really entertaining. It was probably the best combination with Inside Out to me of entertainment meets um, serious subject matter. Serious subject matter. Um, and that's what this was okay. to me. You're saying that at 8%, the bonds fail, and we are already at 4%? That's right. If they go to 8 it's Armageddon. Yeah, that's right. So you're offering us a chance to short this pile of blocks. How? With something called a credit default swap. It's like insurance on the bond, and if it goes bust, you can make 10 to 1, even 20 to 1 return, and it's already slowly going bust. 10 to 1, 20 to 1? No way. And no one's paying attention. No one is paying attention because the banks are too busy getting paid obscene fees to sell these bonds. But wait, you are the bank. When you work for the bank, I bet your margins are pretty nice and fat. Let's not talk about my margins, by the way. Being nice and fat, that's a nice shirt. Do they make it for men? Aren't you the bank? I work for the bank. I don't think like a bank. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right? Let me put it this way. I'm standing in front of a burning house, and I'm offering you fire insurance on it. A's. Zero. B's. Zero. Double B's. Zero. Uh, I don't really have that much more to add to it. I really, really enjoyed the Margot Robbie in a bathtub scene. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. It was awesome. Because yeah, uh, that was the first time the cameo showed up and we're like, wait, was. what? Yeah, it, they broke the fourth wall and it yeah. was a lot of fun. It's a risk to do that yeah. because you're taking, you know, you're, you're, you're tackling a serious subject and you might alienate some people by doing this, but they weren't afraid to take those Not risks. Not when it's Margot Robbie. Yeah, there's really no in risk. A, in a uh, bubble bath with a glass of champagne. Yeah. That was so great. Well, uh, and they handled that fourth wall thing great because even like, yes, this really happened. He really did that. Now yeah. you see what I'm dealing with. That kind of thing. They they did all of that really. Ryan really Gosling's well. character in this movie might have been my favorite character of the year. I'd have to. I, I don't quote me on that, but I really love Ryan Gosling's character. In well, this we movie. might be doing that list sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so. good call. I think we've got a lot more Oscar talk, a lot more 2015 talk in the next weeks to come. So definitely yeah. stick with us. We got more to come here. On and this we episode. actually yes. Even on this show, we are going to give away our Pulp Fiction Awards for for random categories of movies this year. But before we do that, um, from Jacob's number one of the year, my number four of the year, and your number, what was Spotlight for you? Four. Four of the year as well. This is the main theme from Spotlight called Spotlight by Howard Shore. That was Howard Shore with Spotlight from Spotlight, uh, one of the front runners, along with The Revenant, um, and possibly The Big Short for Best Picture this year. 
at the Oscars coming up. Uh, now we're going to get to some other categories, just some kind of fun top of 2015 uh, categories. But before we do that, let's cover what we haven't seen that we need to see because we covered our top ten. But what are a few that you didn't end up watching that you really need to still? Jacob? Um, yeah, just real quickly. I never got a chance to watch Beasts of No Nation. I really wanted to see it because I like Idris Elba. I think that was a mistake. Uh, Trumbo, only because of all the buzz behind um, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the story of Trumbo is pretty interesting, too, because he yeah. did write Spartacus. He was blacklisted from uh, you know Hollywood, and so it's supposed to be really interesting. Not the movie, but the story. I don't know if the movie's yeah. going to be good or not. I would have really liked to see Joy because Jennifer Lawrence is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I told you all a couple weeks ago, James White. I really want yes. to see this movie, and I yep. can't find it anywhere yet. Yep. And uh, so hey, whenever it comes out, I'll let you all know. And the last is that It Follows, because it's on a lot of people's lists. It was good. It was really and, good. Um, I actually watched the first 30 minutes of it, but uh, it was late at night, and I passed out. It's a cool flick so far, Never though, got right? back to it, huh? It's a cool flick so far, though, huh? Oh, yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, but a lot of, I've seen it on a lot of lists, and I want to finish it. It's one of the best horror movies of the year, for sure. It is. Uh, Rachel, what are some movies you didn't see that you still need to see? Uh, Trumbo, I didn't see. Danish Girl, Joy, Son of Saul, which is up for is uh, front runner for Saul foreign for film. Yeah. Um, also Mustang, which is up for foreign film. Yeah. Do you know about it, Brandon? About Mustang? Yeah. All I know is that it's up for best foreign film, and uh, I read about it at one point. I think it's about these four girls, like these. Um, I'll read you the description. They're friends, and they. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Early summer in a village in northern Turkey, Lael and her four sisters are walking home from school, playing innocently with some boys. The immorality of their play sets off a scandal that has unexpected consequences. That's about what I was going to say. So, I was going to say like that. So anyways, that sounds really interesting for me, and it's up for Best Foreign Film. It's Turkish? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then, uh, I don't, none of these would probably make my list, but. I do want to encourage people to go see live action and animated nominated shorts um, if they come to a theater near you. In Oklahoma City, they are playing at the Museum of Art. In Tulsa, they are playing at Circle Cinema. And they're playing for almost a full month in both places. So, Pulp Fiction field trip? Yes. Oh, definitely. I will say that I, I went with Brandon and Rachel about three or four years ago, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very surprising. And uh, it actually made it a lot more enjoyable when I was watching the Oscars. Yeah, right. Right. Because you one of those, tune out during that category. Yeah. It's a care. category that gets overlooked, but some of these are really, really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's actually a fun little afternoon, a fun little Sunday afternoon Yeah. Uh, doing something that you wouldn't normally do. I mean, I know you, a lot of people go to the movies and whatnot, but it's actually pretty cool. It is. It really is. The experience I had with you all was pretty cool. Cool. Anyway. Let's do it again. I'm game. All right. Uh, the ones I haven't seen this year, um, all of us apparently need to see Trumbo. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. Uh, my biggest shame, I haven't seen Bridge of Spies yet, which is ridiculous um, since it's nominated for Best Picture. And it's Spielberg, but whatever. Yeah, just and Hanks. One of the greatest of all time. And yeah. Coen Brothers. <laughs> uh, the Danish Girl, which I know I need to see. I just have such a hard time bringing myself to see it. Ditto. Um, I saw it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a face that's going along with that, by uh, the way. Son of Saul, uh, just because of all the hype. Victoria, uh, which isn't just because Jacob said it, but it, it makes me want to watch it even more that it was so high on your list. Uh, 99 Homes, both your number sevens I need to see. And one that hasn't been mentioned 45 years um, with Charlotte Rampling. She's nominated for Best she's Actress. she's amazing in it. She's supposed to be incredible. And it's actually, this sounds Brandon, terrible. Brandon, did you know she's old? You don't like watching movies about old people? I was going to say, this sounds terrible. I don't like watching movies typically about old people. It <laughs> kind of depresses me and bums me out. But I will say, um, 
the premise is really, really cool. It sounds really interesting, I'll say. It's like their 45th year anniversary, and she finds out that a, the flame she was into before her husband dies, and some secret comes up, and it kind of makes them face certain things in their marriage. It sounds like, like a cool little... Like Calendar Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the ones I still need to see. Now, that said, let's give out some awards. Um, first, let's do our most overrated movie of the year. Uh, this is gonna be fun. Let's let's hate some things. We yeah. we talked so hate glowingly them. about movies this whole time. Let's let's talk about some movies that we thought were overrated. Jacob, yeah. um, I had to write down a bunch of movies and then just kind of cross it as I went. Oh, it's so the same way. I'll keep it pretty short. So uh, I I did see the Assassin because I heard so much about it. Beautiful movie, but well slow. But that's not it. And okay, it's Sicario. All right, I also have Jurassic World written down here, but it's Sicario, dude. <laughs> because, because I have of, because three of, movies listed, and it's going to be yours, yours, and then oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the reason I put Jurassic World is just because it broke so many records, yep. making me angry. But whatever, it was still entertaining. But I went with Sicario because the critics loved it, and I just, I just, I didn't get it. Yeah, it was pretty, but there were I had so many issues with the movie in the end, especially with what they did with um, uh, Emily Blunt's character and how she was supposed. To, she was strong in the beginning, and she just completely was cast to the side, and I didn't like that at all. Yep. I pretty movie really yeah. really well done. I think it's up for cinematography. Actually, yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's a great choice. Um, and I would agree with you as far as it being overrated. It got a lot of love, and I just is that yours? No, but I, well, I have three, and that's one of them. Uh, oh, got it. Rachel, <laughs> what is your most overrated movie of the year? Oh, Bro, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Hands down. Oh, as much as I thought Sicario was overrated, because I do think, and it's on my list. I had. I'm going to jump in with you because I also I had three listed, and the runners runners up were Jurassic World, which I enjoyed, but I was saying yeah, it just made so much money. I'm like, come on, it's not that good. Yeah. And then Sicario, but Mad Max. Let's hate on it, Rachel. Bro. We got, let, let's give ourselves 30 <laughs> seconds go i wasn't prepared for this you go <laughs> we've been hating on it for like let me just pull up my imdb now. message board history <laughs> and just pull up random quotes that i said about this movie the movie did, in you, and of did it- you troll imdb i did i trolled nice. imdb about mad max i absolutely did the movie in and of itself six I mean, like, this is a very average movie to me. And then apparently it's going to be the film that changes history for the rest of time. I gave it a seven, which is... Uh, you liked it, it was, better on a second viewing, though. I did like it more on a second viewing. Oh, I didn't I know did that. Like I've it seen more. it four times. It now. went up... You've seen it four times? What? Yeah. Why? I, I think it's really interesting. I think it's good. I mean, like, it's grown me more and more. Now, look, there's a lot of action movies like, say, Indiana Jones, Aliens... Uh, what's the other one? Oh, well, obviously my my Star Wars movies mm-hmm. that like I always will resonate with, and so I'm, I'm I'll never have that reaction with this, with Mad Max. So that's why I can't. Uh, while these critics are freaking out about it, you know, it's I still don't quite get that because I don't quite like the world that they built. Right. But I think it is really really well done. It's actually really well, I, I watch it four times because I'm trying to see what I'm missing still. Right. Exactly. See. But. The, 
No, I'm not. But I mean, I still you like the it. special effects are amazing. The but. special effects were great. I'm it was cool a with that. Movie. Totally but, fine with the but special even effects. The special effects it just got so redundant. How many times do I need to see a dude jumping from some Cirque du Soleil thing into a Cirque du Soleil into a moving truck? Like after like the fortieth time, I'm like, ah, who gives a crap? I don't care. I like, will. Like, the whole I, movie is. Point A to point B to point A. Yes. So, I mean. Just, it was a big car chase scene with people jumping in and out of the cars. I didn't care. And I didn't care about the characters. But Brandon, it had a strong female it, lead and it's going to change movies forever. The, I didn't the, care the, about the The more the I've watched lead. it though, there's a lot of stuff going on in the storyline, whether it's a, a daughter that he once had, whether it, it, it is, what is Inferiosa's story, really what is, um, oh. Mad Max's. No, the bad guy. You know, that's pretty interesting and in how they got, they're almost cannibalistic in a way. And they try to some of that's kinda of cool and really the characters the one guy that drives a tank that's covered in bullets and, and I think he actually gets shot his eyes get shut out by a light towards the end, like the the detail in the costumes are just insane. All um, the things you're saying cool, about really. effects, costumes, all that, cool. So yeah. say all that that you want. Storyline, interesting, changing cinema forever. No, we'll see. Not at all. And all those reasons are why I don't think Mad Max will win. George Miller might win, you know, for yeah, best he director. Could. He could. But all those reasons are why I think it won't win because just like Indiana Jones, just like Aliens. I'm trying to think of those action movies that were up for. Wait, was Aliens up for it? Uh, you know, best picture. It was. Um, you know, usually it's because of the technical, right. you know, things behind it. Star Wars. Yeah. You know, that we'll say that one instead. Right. You know, the technical achieve- achievements. Right. So. And it was technically great. Avatar. Uh, there's uh, another one which I didn't like the story, but technically it was right. amazing. How do you know this place even exists? I was born there. So why did you leave? I didn't. I was taken as a child. Stolen. You've done this before? Many times. Now that I drive a war rig, this is the best shot I'll ever have. And them? They're looking for hope. What about you? Redemption. And I would be fine with Mad Max if people were like, whoa, cool special effects movie. Exactly. Rad. exactly. But they're like, oh, the over overstimulation of people for this movie um, is is absurd, in my mind, personally speaking. Agreed. And we're uh, the only two people in the world that think yeah, this. Yeah, it's frustrating. All right, so um, from overrated to underrated, what were some of your most underrated movies of 2015, Jacob? Well, I only wrote down two. I wrote down Brooklyn, and the one I actually chose is Slow West. I know y'all didn't like it, but I really appreciated how it took its time to get through it. And like, the, I love the big shootout at the end of it. One thing I really, like, really enjoyed about Slow West was that you know most most westerns are like grungy, yellow, dirty. I mean, not a whole lot going on. And this was like beautifully shot. There's a lot of colors that go throughout it. I don't remember if it was shot in Montana or Wyoming. Um, I can't remember either. But, I mean, it just the colors are just vibrant throughout it. Um, and actually, again, that shootout scene that happens at the end of it, there's a lot of, um, oh, choreography really that kind of yeah. goes behind it. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, 
I think a lot of people will will want to say, oh, it just wasn't enough for a shootout, and and you know probably a lot of people you want to, I guess make it, <laughs> don't, right, you know? uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those kinds of indie movies. But again, that's what I appreciate so much. I love how they just exploit the naivety of that kid. Yeah, they do. So yeah. I, I I thought Slow West was excellent. Actually, it was my number four for a long time. Was it? And I recently I watched hmm. it again, and I recently just kind of bumped it out. But I mean, I, I thought it was excellent. Interesting. All right, Slow West. That I liked Slow West. It was just so much slower than I expected. I was, I was uh, cool. my expectations were probably too high because I was really hyped. For Slow West. But that kind of goes along with the argument that I've had with you all this year when it comes to 2001, when it comes to uh, Lawrence of Arabia, is yeah. that like when it comes to going across long distances, it's not going to be fast-paced. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, they do all have that in common. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> your most Brandon. underrated movies of 2015. Um, I thought we were just doing one, so I just wrote down Oh, one. no, no. Oh, you no, 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 just no, do no. one. We're, yeah, just, just we're overachievers. Um, I, I just... I could have gone a lot of different ways with this, but I'm going to go ahead and re-emphasize that people should really watch The Visit. I think it's the most underrated movie of the year. I would agree with that 100%. Well, I guess I wouldn't because I have a different one as most (laughs) underrated. But I do agree that it is completely, vastly underrated. Uh, I actually had The Visit as one of my... I I put it down, The Visit, uh, The Duff, which I'll get to again, uh, and Pixels, which just... It's so hated. Here's the deal. <laughs> it's just so hated. It's like listed as like worst movie of the year type movie, and I just think it's better than that. Do I think it's a great movie? No, I don't. I just think that it – whereas I think Mad Max <laughs> – Jacob's face. <laughs> whereas I think Mad Max gets too much undeserved love, I think that Pixels gets too much undeserved hate. Is all I'm going to say about that. But my most underrated movie of the year, and you can call me a homer, that's fine, is Danny Collins starring Al Pacino. Uh, I say it's underrated because this movie completely flew under the radar. What a homer. (laughs) Seriously, man. It it wasn't marketed at all. Uh, But no, I mean, the critics, I mean, it's got like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's got a seven point something on IMDb. Pacino is nominated for a Golden Globe for Best uh, Comedy Performance. It really is a funny, charming, heartwarming movie. I've I've suggested uh, – okay, for instance, all my family knows I'm huge Pacino homers. Uh, and so I kept suggesting to him, like, oh, you're just saying that because you love Pacino. You're just saying – my sister watched it. She cried. She thought it was hot. She cried. She laughed. Uh, my brother, who really makes fun of me for being a Pacino homer, loved it. Um, I saw it with like three different people in the movie theater. They all loved it. Either that or they're all just being nice to me. But truly. I uh, mean, I love Al Pacino too, but I'm not afraid to admit that he's made some stinkers. Um, This is not one of them. Danny Collins. (laughs) Danny Collins is actually a really, it's a good movie. I, I won't say it's like the best movie ever, but it's, it's a good movie and it's worth a watch and it is heartwarming and all those things. It's underrated. Is it, what is, it is. It is definitely underrated and it's worth the watch and I think that it's on Netflix. It's actually in my, it's on Prime. And oh, it's that's free. what it is. It's, yeah, and it's actually in my queue. I just you know, nice. To it. And it's got a great cast. I mean, not only Al Pacino, but you got Annette Bening, Jennifer Garner, Bobby, Bobby Cannavale, Carnival, uh, yeah. and uh, Christopher Plummer. I mean, it's a really, really good solid cast all around. Definitely forgotten this year yeah it was and and the premise cool yeah it came out early in the year i'm glad that pacino got a golden globe knob 
Um, so it at least got recognized. Um, but the last thing I'll say, it's 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 a cool story because it's based on a true story about John Lennon uh, writing a letter to a, a singer-songwriter, and he kind of lost his way. He, he never saw this letter. He lost his way and just became like a pop commercial artist. And then years later, he's old. He finds this, so he wants to go back to his roots of being a true artist because of this letter John Lennon wrote him. Hmm. Jacob, you're... We should do Hated. So what? We should just... Oh, this, we should do Hated real quick. Hated? So disappointment or, or no, worse movie? No, let's do Hated real quick. Hated? I yeah. thought we already did. No. I did. We did Disappointed. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Most Hated. All yeah. right. So what, what is your most hated? Pixels. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> what, why did you hate it so much? Oh, my God. Okay. So okay, I... I <laughs> I, I feel wondered. like we just made up this category because it's not on my list. Oh, Jacob just it. wanted to talk no, about I, most yeah, hated he did. movies. He it. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So as much as I dislike The Intern, I didn't expect much out of The Intern. And as bad as I saw the reviews were for Pixels, I was like, nah, the premise is there. It cannot be that bad. And then I watched it and it was that bad. And I will bleep that out. <laughs> It was so stupid. It was so bad that I, I just could not believe that they just it was so many missed opportunities. It's so frustrating and so lazy. And and when there's a lot of good actors in this, and uh, I, I, to just see any of them want to participate with having anything to do with Adam Sandler, that's it. I'm done with anything having to do with Adam Sandler. I want to support no more uh, of his movies. Suck. His movies suck. I'm just for sure. I'm over it. It's just what a good concept and a missed opportunity that's I, why it's my most hated i agree that it's a great concept that could have been really really good <laughs> but i still liked it because of the concept it's kind of like the concept is so great even though they flubbed it i still enjoyed it because it was such a fun concept and peter dinklage was really funny he's the only good thing about the movie <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, your most hated movie. I thought we already covered this with Mad Max Fury Road. So F you that hated movie. it though, or you F just that thought movie. it was overrated? <laughs> <laughs> but you hated that movie. I hate. I hate. No, the movie in and of itself, I don't hate. But to be honest, the, I didn't watch a movie that just really angered me. Uh, usually, when usually when movies are bad, they're just bad. They don't anger me. It's the hype that not great movies get that angers me yeah so mad max fury road f that movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome pixels made me want to flip switches and hit bitches man (laughs) (laughs) we need to hate on movies more often my most hated movie of well we've got we've got january february and march ahead of us plenty of chances we've got plenty of time that is true uh my most hated movie of the year was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I I, could, I just couldn't go watch it. Here's the thing. I mean, this, along with, I mean, there's all these series of books that are becoming movies. Uh, from Twilight sucked. Uh, Hunger Games up and down, but overrated as overall. Uh, and Fifty Shades of Grey is kind of the latest installment Ugh. of these teenage girls. These B books, yeah, B books turned movies. And it was terrible. It's I've, insulting, I've, is what it is. It is. It's an insult. It's insulting to, to your our society. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really like I never read the book because I don't never don't want to. But I'll see the movie. I'll spend two hours just to see what the hype is. It's terrible. The acting is terrible. The writing was was so terrible, and the fact that it's such a big deal makes me hate it. Like you well, said, plus if, wasn't everyone snickering because it was just that bad in the theater? It was, it was terrible. Yeah, and I couldn't even be turned on by it. Like it's a movie about sex. 
and it's and not even, even sexy. Sex in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. And then it's like supposed to be like so risque, like oh, he's like bad boy, and like the biggest part of it, like okay, now it's gonna get brutal. Like do your worst to me, do your worst to me. He's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. The only good thing about Fifty Shades of Grey. Was there's a pretty good song by the weekend in it? Yes, that's the best. That's exactly <laughs> that's, what I was gonna say in the positive that, of Fifty Shades of Grey. That's the only good thing I could say about Fifty Shades of Grey. And I will say the actress wasn't terrible. Dakota Johnson. The actor was, yeah, Dakota Johnson. She wasn't terrible. I'm not gonna say she was good, but she compared was just to everybody, with what she had. Yeah, exactly. But the actor, that dude sucked balls. <laughs> It is uh, fun to hate on movies. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> our, our anger comes out. Our language is yeah, worse. Seriously. <laughs> okay, now we can do biggest surprise. Okay, biggest surprise of the year. Jacob. Okay. My biggest surprise of the year was okay, so I wrote down like Inside Out, Big Short, Kingsman, The Secret Service. I, I mean, really I even like wrote that. down like yeah. Straight Out of Compton because I just didn't know what to expect out of any of those movies, but they were all good. Yeah. But it had to have been when I just sat down one night and I randomly watched Bone Tomahawk. In fact, I yes. had it my number 10 for so long because I wanted to talk about it and emphasize. Okay, y'all still haven't seen it yet, We've right? seen it We now. saw it. We have yeah. seen it, yes. Yep. And you... we've been waiting for this okay, podcast awesome. to be able to talk about it. Awesome. <laughs> Any animal that comes at us is a predator. Any person that approaches a camp in the dark without identifying themselves is a criminal or a savage. You hear it jingle. Point your gun and shoot. I'll probably beat you to the draw, but don't count on me to save you. Let it go. I can't. Hey. Hey! Now you watch how you speak to the law. Sheriff especially. You aren't captain. No. I'm the most intelligent man here, and I intend to keep us alive. Oh, you're the most intelligent man here. Is that a fact? It is. Sheriff Hunt has a wife. So does Mr. O'Dwyer. And you're a widower. Yeah. What has that got to do with anything? Smart men don't get married. Um, well, I don't know. You probably just didn't like it that much. but I liked I, it a ton. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was just... It's more so the fact that I was willing to watch a horror film, which I don't yeah, ever do. Yeah, which is rare for you. Uh, but that it was, it was really well done, technically... And honestly, when the gore happened, I mean, while I was like, it was brutal. It, it, is it not brutal? It took it up a notch real okay. fast. Yeah, yeah, it did. Exactly. When, when it happened, because it's a slow burn, which yeah. I was fine with because right. I was interested in the characters. I was interested yeah, in the journey. The characters was, are so cool. The acting was great. But when it got to the horror, and we're talking like end of the movie, like last 20 minutes or yeah. so of the movie, you don't really see any horror. But man, when it happens, one of the... And we've seen a lot of horror movies. One of the most graphic killings okay. I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay, I think I asked y'all that when when I talked about it. Like, I'm curious to get your take on that killing because I know you watch a lot of horror films, and if that held up to brutal. standards or anything, it that's held like brutal. The ever seen and not to mention it looked pretty authentic it right looked authentic. it did it looked authentic it was disgusting it, it was so nasty. But it was like believable. Like these savages, like the, if you're a cannibal savage, oh, I could see how it would make sense to to do what they did and the way they did it. But it also made it horrific because 
they had an audience while it was going on, and this audience knew that they may be next. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I didn't really ever think about that. Oh how how I can't think of anything more horrifying Ugh. than to know. Oh shit, that may happen to me <laughs> as soon as they get hungry again. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. I'm so glad y'all finally saw it. Yeah. Uh, I love the movie. I mean, it was a consideration for my top ten. Uh, and I loved it because it, it, it qualified under that indie, under the radar. Yeah. Uh, straight to, I think it was straight to. It was straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. Yeah, it was, uh, which unfortunate because it deserves a bigger audience. That's awesome. Y'all finally saw it. Rich, yeah. was there anything else that you. No, dude, that was brutal. Okay. okay. Here's a, here's an interesting question. Russell, um, Kurt Russell, better in this movie or better in Hateful Eight? I actually think he was better in Bone Tom. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think he's acting. You know, because in in Hateful Eight, and it seems like he he went straight from Bone Tomahawk to Hateful Eight because like the beard he just got <laughs> yeah. a little he looks bit the more same. exaggerated yeah. in Hateful Eight. Uh, but you know, he had better dialogue to chew on probably in Hateful Eight, like like more entertaining dialogue. Right. But this was a more sympathetic character, uh, and and definitely a more complex character because and a more heroic character for sure Mm -hmm. um i really really liked kurt russell in this a lot so glad y'all finally saw yeah and i'm so glad that you liked it yeah yeah Yeah. okay and we purposely waited to not talk to you about it until a podcast that that makes me jazz because i was really nervous that i talked enough enough that you'd like you that you would you know you'd be let down no the the payoff at the end, was like, Isn't that nuts? I, I sat up in my chair and was like, Oh, boo. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm in my house, like, uh, My hands, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to put my hands. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I and I loved uh, um, it was a departure for um, Jack from Lost, uh, Shepard. No, that's his character. Matthew Fox. Matthew Fox. Um, uh, I liked his character because mm-hmm. he was like the smart, kind of cocky. Uh, know it all in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Wilson was a sympathetic character. His wife was smoking. Uh, it was it was just a really really good movie overall. It was. Uh, Rachel, your biggest surprise. It's probably Ninety Nine Homes. So we already covered that. But let me just say that I'm surprised that Johnny Depp actually took a good role. That's so a good uh, Black Mass. Black oh, Mass. Nice. Yeah. Think of the name of it. Uh, yeah, I was really glad. To, I mean, like. Not a fantastic movie, but a good movie. Way better than Mordecai and Dark Shadows and yeah. whatever the crap Johnny Absolutely. Depp has been making lately. Yeah. Um, so he was fun to watch it for sure. He was. He was fun to watch it. I, again, I don't think like he's. They've done him any injustice by not nominating him for anything, but yeah, it shows that there's still some acting chops in there. Um, and I hope that this is the beginning of an upswing for Johnny Depp. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed him, and I, I agree with everything you said. I'm glad that the, I was worried they were going to nominate him just because it was like, oh, good Johnny, you did another good role, and just kind of reward him for that right. because he's Johnny Depp. And I don't think he was deserving. No, so he wasn't. I'm glad they didn't, but he was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's a step in the right direction for him, which makes me happy. Yeah. My biggest surprise of the year is the Duff. Uh, the designated ugly fat friend is what it says. He freaking <laughs> Brandon loves him some duff, man. I love it's. I don't know if I've talked about it or not, but I I saw it twice at the movie theater because I saw it once, and then I loved it so much I convinced uh, some other friends to go see it with me, my sister. 
uh, that I I convinced some people to watch. I've seen it three times, which sounds ridiculous. When did this because come it's out? it's a teenage comedy. It's a teenage romantic comedy, and those movies are usually so cut and paste and dumb. But I would compare it to like a Mean Girls or an Easy A. I don't think cool. it was as smart or as good as those. Agreed. But it's I, one notch below it's that. It's one notch below those. But yeah. it's definitely a few notches above the typical Yes, it is, for sure. Comedy. It came out in February, so yeah. listeners know. So it should Early. be available somewhere. Yeah, it's it's available. I'm not sure where, but it's available. I highly recommend it. So Every, it stars it's on May, Amazon, May Whitman, for sure. who's, who is Anne from Arrested Development. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and she is so good. I love. She's a good little actress. Actually, she was a good little actress, and she's so. Char- it sounds funny, but she was charming. That's normally a, a, a word used to describe guys, but she's really endearing and charming, and she kind of embraces this whole designated ugly fat friend role. Um, the actress, not the character. Um, it's it's really funny and clever and. Um, I I really really liked it and and I convinced both my brothers or two of my brothers to see it and they were very anti watching it. Yes, uh, they gave me a lot of crap. They didn't want to watch it, but they were cracking up and ended up. Loving it is it. really funny. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like it as much as I like Easy A or Mean Girls, like you said, but it's it is really good. I it's mean, a big it's surprise. A, it's if, a, it's great for the biggest surprise category. Yeah, and I think if you're looking for a fun little comedy, I think it's a great pick. Yeah. For sure. You should watch it, Jacob. I'm curious to see what I, you think of it. I got it marked my watch awesome. list now. Awesome. Okay. Hmm. Uh, next category. Let's do biggest disappointment. What were what was the movie you were most disappointed by this year? Y'all could probably guess mine, but we're running low on time, so I probably better speed it I up. Think, I think it's either one of two. I think it's either Spectre or Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, no. It's Crimson Peak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually did have Spectre written down for this one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I was just for, well, I also wrote down pan and the peanuts movie, Oh uh, yeah, uh, because it, it was almost pan because I'm such a Joe Wright fan, but I think I'm finally off that bandwagon. I think he's just, yeah. like, he's done too many yeah. bad ones in a row anyway, but uh, no crimson pink because it's, it's rare that I like to kind of watch these kinds of movies, but I liked, uh, uh, Guillermo del Tomo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, it was a beautiful movie and that sort oh, of thing, but I thought the movie was so flat. I thought that um, oh the the actress, I guess I should have it pulled up in front of me. Oh, um, Jessica Chastain. I thought she was terrible in it. I liked her. In it. Uh, I, of course, as always, Charlie Hunnam. He's just a stooge. Um, <laughs> actually, that's not fair. He had a small role in it, but I, I just really thought Jessica Chastain was so bad in it, and uh, I thought the movie just wasn't good. I, I I just wanted so much more out of it. But again, it was pretty, but. Especially that, that that ending scene out in the snow, but other than that, I just I, I could not believe. It was I remember you pretty what psyched it for was. it. Yeah. yeah, I remember you pretty psyched for it. I thought I thought this would be Avengers or, or Spectre, but that that makes sense. I really I, liked the Avengers. I just thought it was the same as the first one. Is all. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, no, Spectre was pretty lame as well. Yeah. Rachel, your biggest disappointment of the year. Southpaw. Yeah, yeah, Jake that G- was that's a good Jake choice. Jake Gyllenhaal is a fantastic freaking actor. He is, and I'll see anything that he's in. I saw all these, you know, like screenshots where he's all like hulked out, and you're like, yeah. oh snap! Like he's really put himself into this role. It's going to be a great movie. And Kurt Sutter, I like Kurt Sutter, who wrote the movie, and and it was just so average. Average. That's a perfect it way was, to say it because it wasn't it, bad. It just no, wasn't good. It, it was just kind of there. 
It, that's exactly what it was. It was there. It, the The timing was all weird. I mean, like the whole thing happened over a span of like three weeks, where yeah. this guy lost his fortune. Like, yeah, it was. It, it just didn't. There's a lot of times I was eye rolling. Like, oh, there was, was there was a lot, a lot of problems with it, and that was really disappointing to me, given that it was Jake Gyllenhaal and Kurt Sutter. Yeah, that's a good choice. My dig- biggest disappointment. I had a couple written down. I had Sicario uh, written down because I was really disappointed by it. Even though it was a decent movie, I had me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Even though I liked that movie, I genuinely liked that movie, but I thought I was going to love that movie. I was pretty hyped for that movie. The trailer was amazing. It was. The trailer was so good. The damn trailers, I, man. I, th- I thought just from the trailer and the premise, I thought it could be a contender for like top 10 of the year for me. And I just ended up liking it, but really disappointed. But my pick is actually The Walk with Joseph Gordon That's Levitt. a great pick. Uh, yeah, I, I was really excited about this movie. I saw the documentary that it's based on, Man on Wire. I know the whole story. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it looked like this really cool take on it. And it was just kind of smoke and mirrors. They kind of tried to make it too mystical and magical and, and something it wasn't. And I wish they would have just focused on the, the story. The story itself was interesting enough. They didn't need to do all yeah. the things that they did. And Joseph did. Gordon-Levitt was really hard to believe as as the, as much as I like him. It was hard to take he, him seriously. He's hard to buy as an egotistical jerk. Yeah. To me, it was just an excuse. I, mean, I didn't see the movie. I just couldn't ever get motivated to go watch it. But it, it seemed to me like it was just an excuse to do something three-dimensional walking. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. buildings, uh, a lot of it was well, because I heard it was pretty cool to see in 3D. I it heard doesn't that mean well. it should make a good story, right? Yeah, yeah. yes, no pun intended on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really disappointed because I thought it was going to be really, really good. It should have been, and, and it, it could have been. It was okay. Yep, it was okay. Uh, this is going to be a fun category. Um, the biggest. WTF movie of the year. I'm actually really excited to see what you guys we, we say on this. We should call this the Holy Motors Award. Yeah, that was a huge WTF That's movie. the biggest WTF movie of all time. Yeah, I really want to hear what you guys have to say. Jacob, what is your biggest WTF movie of the year? Um, you know, I wrote down a couple. A lot of these are really indie movies uh, because usually the other ones that think outside the box. Oh, yeah. So like Phoenix, a little bit, Tangerine. Oh, yeah, Phoenix. Oh, yeah. For, for Phoenix, it's just like, girl, what are you thinking? But anyway... Yeah. Uh, Tangerine, kind of a little bit. I even dope to a certain extent because of some of the craziness in there. Yeah, that went some places I did not think it was yeah. going to go. Uh, the obvious one here is uh, Anomalisa, which uh, I know you two haven't seen yet because yeah. it's Charlie Coffin. He usually thinks outside the box, but it's one of those, it's the more I thought about it, the more I really, really like that movie. Ultimately, it was The Good Dinosaur. Because <laughs> as I was watching, I was like, is this a Western? Yeah. And, and there's so many times there's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, you're right. It was, it, yeah, and, you're right though. It was a big. Because it's a, it's a Pixar, Pixar's second movie of the year, which they don't ever do two movies no. in a year. It's a dinosaur movie, so it should capture you. Yeah. And here we have all these dinosaurs with these country accents and yeah. and i mean it was just uh, it was i mean it also could fall into a disappointing character that's fine but there are too many times it was like what the heck is going on yeah yeah that's a good choice that's yeah. that was a big wtf movie i didn't i didn't even consider that but that's a really good solid choice rachel what was your biggest wtf movie it's a movie called The Overnight. Oh my gosh! I watched a- that. that this did, oh, did you? Yes. It's on did Netflix you? right yes. now. It's good. It's a good movie, it's but good, weren't but you like so dummy? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is. I totally forgot about that. That is a great choice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the, uh, do you want to you know say what? why? Had I, had, I, had I not known what was going to happen, because you, we talked a little bit about it. Oh, that's I mean, right. I probably we talked about so what the movie like, poster meant. Oh, yeah, yeah, the poster. Do you oh, have yeah. a new appreciation oh, yeah. of the poster Definitely now? That and the, especially the paintings. And the, I was like, oh, oh my God. gosh. It was so freaking <laughs> weird. But then where it goes at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, Rach. That's your movie. No, no. Okay, so the description... Alex, Emily, and their son, RJ, are new to Los Angeles. A chance meeting at the park introduces them to the mysterious Kurt, Charlotte, and Max. A family play date becomes increasingly interesting as the night goes on. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that's it does. true. It does. Yeah. Just, I, I, I thought it was good, ultimately. Okay. I thought it was good, too. I, I, I liked the movie. Yeah. I gave it, it was, a seven. I think I gave so, it an eight. I, I gave so, it a six or a seven. You yeah. know, you've got a really great look. Uh, Anybody ever tell you that? No. We've got a really neat thing going on. Mind if I snap a couple? Um, I think I might need some direction or... You don't, you just do whatever you were just doing. It was great. Really? Yeah. It's great. Relax. Like that? Yeah. Wait. Okay. Your shirt's kind of blending in with the backdrop. Would you take it off, please? My shirt? Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting. But there was a lot of WTF moments in there, and you really don't know exactly where it's going. Like, you're like, oh, that, I think this might be going a bad way. And then it kind of doesn't. And then it does. And then, I and then it goes a different way than you think. Showed. Yeah. yeah did, when they, when they, when they, a lot of nudity going on. In this yeah, a lot of nudity. And then when it showed what it showed, I was, I was taken aback. And then it was really funny because. When it ultimately happens, it kind of ends up being stopped. And then they're kind of like, oh, that was kind of weird afterwards, <laughs> which was really funny. It was really funny. Yeah, I, I like, laughed several times in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was funny. And the reaction to how it all went down That's was That's a good funny. one, Rach. I didn't should we or that. should we not reveal what the poster means? No. Okay. No, but, but, but know that no. the poster does have a meaning. Um, my biggest WT, I had two. One was Good Night, Mommy. Um, I, it was my number 10 of the year. Um, and I won't say why, but there's some WTFs going on in this movie. Uh, the one I will talk about, though, the one that I actually chose was a Ryan Reynolds movie that kind of went under the radar called The Voices. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a movie. Ryan Reynolds plays a character who... He's really funny, and the it, the tone of the movie when it starts off is really like an offbeat comedy, and it's really funny. Anna Kendrick's in this movie as well. Um, Jackie Weaver's in it. Um, it starts off really funny. 
but I've never even seen this poster anywhere. It's it's really a, a here's the yeah. Here's the synopsis. A likable guy pursues his office crush with the help of his evil talking pets, but things turn sinister <laughs> when she stands him up for a date. That's a perfect description. Yes, it is. He talks to his pets, and his pets basically talk him into doing a lot of bad stuff. Um, <laughs> yep, and, they and, do. and it's really funny, and the pets, when they're talking, is hilarious. And then, but it gets, then they That's he, not even the W2F part of the movie, though. Yeah, it's not. That's the normal part. That's the normal part. But then when they start telling him what to do and he follows their instructions, uh, it turns into a horror movie, but still a funny horror movie. But then when the horror parts come, you're WTF in the entire second half yep, of the movie. Yep. Like, and it's funny and it's horrific. It's a huge WTF movie. That's a fantastic choice. I didn't even Thank think you. about it, but Thank that's you. that's a really good choice. Um, all right. So, like, uh, how many movies did y'all end up watching? I watched because Brandon Years always blows me away, man. I watched 136 this year. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm I'm a weird. I'm oh. I'm out of control. I am sadly at 98. So close. 98. I need. My goal Jeez. is always to hit 100. I'm only at 59. <laughs> but uh, that's. That's honestly that's though, usually about my, my usually range between sixty and seventy. But that and that's still way more than the average. The typical movie when yeah. you talk to people, it's like twenty plus. You know, you have to count out all the horrors that I won't watch and the right. horrors and the bad movies. You don't watch any don't bad watch, movies and you don't watch, watch any and you don't watch any horror movies. And you you won't really watch like here. Let me just like go to the middle of my pile. Like you're not gonna watch stuff like. <laughs> Like The Wedding Ringer, you don't watch movies like that, or Daddy's Home. Like no. movies that are just kind of like, eh, you won't watch, which is good. I mean, I'll just, I'm a whore and I'll watch anything. Uh, <laughs> Were well, so, you taking 136? 136, That's yeah. Real, man. Yeah. So, like, uh, were there any themes that you all take away from 2015? Um, Things that stood out, I guess? Um, Well, since I kind of threw it at you, I'll say a couple, then get the get the old brain thinking again it's getting late i thought that this was like a year of spy movies yeah lots of spy movies between specter mission impossible yeah. uh we had spy we had uh, man from uncle that's um, true i thought it was kind of a year the of Kingsman. practical effects yeah the kingsman yeah. secret service uh, that's right uh your practical effects yeah your practical um, effects so for sure that's for sure and then uh oh i thought there were a lot of westerns this year as well there were which a lot i'm of pretty psyched about yeah. between hateful eight bone tomahawk um Slow West. There's one more I can't think of, but uh, I thought Bone that was Tom pretty Hawk. cool. Did you um, say Bone mm -hmm. Slow West, Hateful Maybe that was yeah. it, though, but anyway. Oh, yeah. um, I enjoyed that. I hope they still continue to do that. Um, I don't know. A lot of ensembles this year. We, yeah, a lot of ensembles. We did, ensembles a, we did an sure. ensemble list uh, a few podcasts ago, and there were a lot of ensembles this year. Also, year of huge block. I mean, between Star Wars, Avengers, and Jurassic World. I mean, it yeah. was very, very top heavy. You usually get one of those movies yeah. a year, like that are just like just record breaking movies. And we had a handful this year, which is unusual. Um, that would that's that's all I got. Were there anything, any other movies that like we just didn't even talk about? That the Martian, we didn't talk I, about at the all. The Martian was my eleven. Uh, I I liked it. Was it was in my top fifteen? But I couldn't. It couldn't make my. So it's one that was. Was it anywhere close for you, Rachel? Um, 
It wasn't in my top 15, but it probably would have been right below that. A few I would have liked to talk about. We didn't talk about Trainwreck, which I liked a lot. Yes, yeah. that was... Um, it was a consideration for my 14 number... 14 It was a me. consideration for my number 10. Um, yeah. I know you guys hated the Peanuts movie, but I liked it quite a bit. Uh, that was a polarizing movie. Um, I just thought it was... I guess I guess the comic's just boring too. I just never really realized it until I saw the movie. <laughs> um, we didn't really talk about Carol, even though we all saw it. I, I, I just thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was good, not great. Uh, right. Overrated. I, I would consider that my overrated. Really, we yeah. didn't talk about the Mission Impossible movie, which I thought was great. Yeah, I loved the Mission Impossible movie. I mean, Impossible it was a great movie. Um, um, Steve Jobs. Uh, we didn't talk about it. It's a good movie, but. You know, usually one of these comic movies always always shows up in my top ten. And yeah, I mean, I have Avengers at twenty five. I just think there were some really good movies this year too, though. You want to know? It's weird when I'm rating uh, the only tens I gave this year. They weren't actual movies. It was the Jinx and Making a Murderer, the two uh, <laughs> yeah, the two documentary series uh, that wouldn't qualify for this list. They were the only things I would give a ten this year. Well, we've actually. We're thinking about doing a podcast where we kind of do all the rest. Yeah. So we might just discuss some of those in our next one. It's up for debate. We seem to change things every once in a while. We do. (laughs) But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been Pulp Fiction, the top 10 of 2015. If you have a favorite, something we didn't mention or something you really liked, uh, be sure to tell us on our Facebook page. Um, And we're going to leave you with actually – a song from Carol. This is Lovers by Carter Burwell. Thank you for listening to Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm.